Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. I want to welcome you from all over uh, Texas, Oklahoma, wherever you drove down from for Friday night. So if you didn't hear the announcement, we're extending to week three. And uh, we're new Sunday night through Friday night. And if you say, how many weeks are they going to extend this thing? First of all, don't come back because that gruff tone of voice, you're not going to receive anything anyway. But uh, we're going we're gonna to extend next week. And then the week after that, we have, uh, I, you know, I don't want to call it the greatest gathering in Christian history, but I also don't not want to call it the greatest gathering in Christian history. We have an event called What No Eye Has Seen. It's not a church convention. It's not, uh, it's not our church conference. It's a gathering that we've opened up to the whole world now that the borders are open. You know, our church in Pittsburgh is only four hours south of Ontario. They haven't been able to go. My sister was just able to go to the United States for the first time a couple months ago. Uh, they, they were penned up there. You know, well, she could have gone. You, if you weren't vaccinated, they want to let you through. And my sister wanted to get vaccinated, not for medical reasons, but she's a preacher. And it's hard to preach only using half your face. So she stayed in Canada. But they opened the border up now, and you can... Um, you can come down. So I want all our international friends. We had 960 plus watching on YouTube last night at a time and a little about 1100 if you had all the platforms up. So this isn't just for you. And I know some of you have seen this, but this is in eight days or so. We're going to open this up July 2nd through the 9th. We call it what no eye has seen. Dr. Paul Nietzsche is going to be there. He pastors the largest church on planet earth. And uh, that as far as seating goes, it's a 90,000 seater. And as you'll see, it's packed. Dag Haywood Mills has several hundred churches in Accra, Ghana. He has several thousand churches worldwide, and he does what I do, just on a much bigger scale. He's there on Sunday for the church. They have about 8,000 in their main building, and then he goes out and does a Reinhardt Bonnke-sized crusade during the week, and then comes back for Sunday again. So I would say you you got the guy with the top uh, largest church building in the world. You have top crusade evangelist that's alive right now. Jesse Duplantis is coming. I would say for all the people that say uh, there's all these prosperity preachers and the prosperity gospel, name four people that preach it. You're going to have a hard time doing it because a lot of the guys that did do it backed off when there was media pressure. If you want to hear a, a, a message on financial increase, not stewardship, you know, there is something beyond stewardship. I call it the breakthrough anointing. When Elijah went to the widow's house, there was no way she could have stewarded that meal and that oil to live. They were in famine. There was no more coming in. So if all Elijah did was teach her how to steward what she had, then she'd have just died two days later. But Elijah gave her an instruction from the word of God. And by the anointing, the jar of of meal and the cruise of oil failed not. Can you say amen? And so what wasn't enough began to multiply. That, that happens by the anointing. You know, I don't know what happened this week, and I'm, I'm, I'm very big on cause and effect. I'm not big on, well, we don't know, God's just sovereignly doing something. But I don't have an explanation for this, that we hit some kind of vein money-wise in these meetings where people are getting blessed. The church, they took one offering for the church last week and had their record income for this church, not, not me, one offering on Sunday morning the record since Pastor Ryan took over for his great father, Pastor Mike Hankins. That's supernatural. Then last night, I was just taking a low-key offering and, and winding down, 
and people started going and taking off their shoes and belts, which after the belt, you start getting a little nervous. But uh, they left it there, which is good. Like, no, sir, we believe the Lord wants you to keep your pants. You can take them back to the platform with you. And people started giving stuff. You know, a little girl, and I'll tell you, anytime this has ever happened, the offering's always been enormous. It is when a child comes up and gives, and then this girl handed me an envelope. It was full of coins. And on the offering envelope where you fill out how much did you give, she wrote all of it. Yeah, and she wasn't writing it to be cute. It was just written to me. Actually, she had, she had a business-like face. She looked like an 11-year-old cartel leader uh, passing the money across to me. Anytime we've, you want to hear a story about that? One, one time I had a child come up. I'm trying to think how much money they gave me. It was like an insane amount of money. Like not, they were nine or 10. And they came up and gave me like a little over $1,200. They said, this is for your ministry. So I thought, okay, I don't know. I'm not going to ask questions where you made that kind of money at 12. I didn't have that kind of money at 32, but that's between you and the Lord. And so the mom said, we're farmers and he has his own chickens. And so we let him raise the chickens. He has to pay to feed them. And then whatever eggs he raises, he takes to the, to the farmer's market and sells them and he gets to keep it. He brought a hundred bucks with him that night to give. And then when he saw the video of the crusade that we had coming up, he said, told his mom, I'm not giving a hundred. I'm giving all my money. So he gave all the money. So with the parents permission, I posted it on Instagram and the, you know, you always have somebody, um, right at the bottom. How, how could you trick a child out, out of this? Shame on you. First of all, let me give a side story to this story. At, when I go to Pastor Rodney's, I stay at a casino hotel because it's eight minutes from the church and I don't gamble and I'm not tempted to gamble. If you've ever been to an actual casino, it looks nothing like the James Bond movies. Uh, there's nobody wearing tuxedos, just jorts and like a faded WWE t-shirt from 2001 with some vodka stains on it. So, uh, you know, I, I go to my room, but when you go to the room, they have the casino channel on. So they, they have this casino channel running and this is where I lost any shame that was remaining in me about receiving an offering for God. And I'm not receiving an offering right now. I was down to my last $2. And I put it on the roulette table and I won the jackpot over a quarter million dollars. So I'm telling you, even if you're down to your last $2, don't give up. Keep playing. Okay. If you're allowed to say that, and you are, I'm all for a free country. I'm not trying to get casinos shut down. I would need a new place to stay. I wish uh, the Seminole Indians all the best. Um, they're great people. They've been nice to me. But if you can tell people that are down to their last $2 on TV to not give up and keep playing because you could win a quarter million. Don't give me a hard time about the tithe and the hundredfold return. And I'll tell you, uh, and let me add another thing to that. When I went there last time, I was walking uh, to my room and they're giving free drinks out to people gambling. Okay, whatever you want to say about us receiving offerings, we don't have you do five shots of Jose Cuervo and then receive the offering. I don't even know how that's legal. And again, I'm not trying to take, take money out of anybody's pockets including casinos. I'm, 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 I'm a Christian one and a capitalist one A. I'm, I'm for a man's right to earn a living and all that. But uh, don't give me a hard time for receiving tithes and offerings from sober people. You take those people's money. Don't take anybody's money. Do you, am I armed? Now, if I was teaching on giving and I had a 357, that's another story. That, that, that'd be totally different. But I'm not doing that. We teach sober people who know, you know, they take advantage of weak-minded people. Oh yeah, I would, I would say that that casino should have to answer that question more than I would. 
taking advantage of weak-minded people because even if you are a strong-minded person, after six or seven free drinks, you're not that strong of a minded person anymore. And then to, to malign every Christian giver, that they're, they do it because they're weak-minded, that's very insulting because I meet a lot of the people that give. They're very intelligent people that know exactly what they're doing. There's business people that budget amounts of money, and they're not giving it because they feel duped. Or They're not the type of people you can trick. They're people that have made, done very well in life that want to take part of what they have received and build the kingdom of God with it. And, they, and then they see after they do it how God blesses them, and they want to do it more. How many can you, how many of you can testify to that tonight? So uh, anyway, I like hearing, you know, my overhead is $1.25 million a month. There's no way for me to get that in the natural. It would be, it would be asinine for me. Can you imagine me flying here and be all right, before I leave here this week, i got to find a way to get 1.25 million people. Well, you're, unless you start cutting kidneys out of people and selling them to the cartels, that's not happening. And then the way you learn, the way they raise money in churches, you can say I've already considered it. It's still not uh, uh, possible, so that's why I've shelved it. You, you can see that that's not possible to do. There's no way to do that. There's no way to try to manipulate or do some kind of program to get 1.2 million a month or, or whatever I'd need every week to make that happen out of a church I'm preaching. It's not going to happen. Or the ways I grew up where they raise money. We're having a bake sale. We're having a car wash. If you own a car wash chain, you're not bringing in 1.2 million fish fry dinner. There's not enough fish in that lake to fry to raise 1.2. You can't do it the traditional church way, and you can't do it by manipulation. So I had to, you know how I got into it? My wife did it. And we got on it together. That's when we had our first million-dollar offering. I have a thing on my phone that has all of... Anybody ever hear of Dr. Casey, Frederick Casey Price? He's a pastor from Crenshaw Christian Center. He, he was a black pastor in Compton, the you know, 1970s and 1980s Compton, the worst place in the United States at the time. God calls him to pastor there. The church blows up. He wants to build a 10,000-seater because he's at five services, and they're all packed, and nobody will give him a loan. So, you know, a white pastor in the suburbs has trouble getting a loan. A black pastor with a black congregation in the late 70s in Compton, California, no bank would give him any money. So he, went, he did a 55-part series. I have it on my phone. Now, he redid it when they were in the, the final church, but it doesn't have the same heat on it as when he was going for his life. And he taught on the power of positive confession, that death and life is in the power of the tongue, and that you can, and I can tell, maybe because I'm a preacher, that he's, he's preaching 50% to them and 50% to him, that he's, he's facing this work. He said, I finally got one rich Christian that said, I want to meet you for lunch. And he said, I was excited. Maybe this guy's going to help me out. And he said, when we sat down for lunch, the guy just laid into me. What are you doing telling people you're going to build a 10,000-seat church? You can't do that. There's no way. Where are you going to get the money from? Just came out of the woodwork to discourage you. And so listening to him preach about that, you could, there was an anointing on it because they bought Pepperdine University's land for $16 million cash and then built a tenth, $16 million in the in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, what would that be today? $160 million? Easy $160 million. Acreage in L.A., just the land, $16 million. Think of, you want to know how much money it is? Because they, they, they have ways that they purport um, how low inflation is to make the administration look good. 
You know, you used to be able to buy a sports team for less than $100 million. You can't touch one now for under a billion dollars. Even like the Pittsburgh Pirates are worth more than a billion dollars, and they haven't won a game since the Ronald Reagan administration. So 16 million land cash, 10 million for the 10,000-seat church, which you ain't, you're not building, you're not building a 600-seat church for under 10, not in L.A., probably couldn't even get, you're not doing anything like that. So I'm talking, this is back then the equivalent of pastoring an inner city church in the worst part of the inner city and having, what, three, four hundred million cash come in, and then he's on TV. TV was really expensive back then because there was only a few channels. He was going on ABC, buying one hour and teaching. That guy was a pioneer. Now, every time you drive to fly over LAX, you go over that that faith dome, and it says Hebrews eleven six right on there. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, and everybody has to see it whether they like it or not. I like listening to people like that. But Brother Price is in heaven now. So who is there alive to listen to that has a revelation, not just stewardship, not just talking about tithing? Who, who is there that has an anointing on money? And if you think that's not important, then you need to read my instant message, uh, uh, private request. We just sent money to, to people right now. I know they're not lying. I need $300 by 6 p.m. or we're being evicted. They tried to tell me several days ago. I know the people. So that money's not important. Tell them that it's not important. Tell, telling a poor person that money's not important is like telling somebody dying of cancer that healing's not important. So you might think it's not important, but isn't it interesting that all these preachers that preached against healing, when they got cancer, switched denominations to a place where they could get healed? There was a guy on radio my whole teenage years in Bible college. He was called the Bible Answer Man. And he, pre- he knocked healing every day. Anybody that prayed for the sick, healing's not for today. Healing died for the last, uh, with the last apostle. Then he got cancer a couple years back, switched to Greek Orthodox because he said they, they serve communion for the healing elements of communion and anoint with oil. So you, for 20 years, talked every sick person that was sick out of being healed. They remind me of the preachers I grew up with in the denomination I was in. They're all against divorce. Anybody that's divorced isn't fit to preach. Then their daughter would get divorced. Well, I think, you know, we need to take a second look at that and uh, uh, maybe take it on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, it's easy to be a jerk when you're talking about faceless, nameless people. But when you get down, you realize that people need a financial breakthrough. People need healed. And God did not leave that unattended. God gave healing and he gave blessing so that you don't have to get manipulated by the world system. You can receive it from the hand of God. If you believe it, can you shout amen? amen? Yeah. And I know I used his nickname, but he should be ashamed of himself. It's wrong for you to get healed. I, all right, I need healed. It's different for me. No, it's not. And there's a craving in every person when they get sick to get healed. I don't care, Baptist, Presbyterian, atheist, when you, you feel a tickle in the back of your throat, you start looking for something to make it better. Have your grandma make chicken soup. snort Zycam, whatever you use. Because there's something in you that speaks to you, this does not belong in my body. True or false? And then as much as people want to disguise it religiously, that we should accept poverty. I've noticed nobody actually embraces poverty. People try any way they know to get out of poverty. If you're in Section 8 housing, you you look for ways, whether it's selling weed or or whatever you got to do to get out 
of that trouble. Because God did not create man to be broke, and God did not create man to be sick. The Bible says in 3 John 2, Brethren, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You know what they taught me in my Bible college? Well, you can't take that as scripture. That was a common greeting of the day. Common greetings of the day didn't make it into the Bible. All scripture is inspired by God. You can't take the parts you like. and t- If you start picking out those parts, you're no different than people that, that lay aside the homosexual parts. I'm not bashing homosexuality. Obviously, if you're, you know, you have an ally in me. Look at the jacket I'm wearing. I want you to get saved. I'm just, I'm just making an illustration. You, the, you can't, you can't pick, you can't pick the parts of the Bible you like and don't like. Can you say amen? Yeah, because I get called that online. He's anti-gay. How could you be anti-gay and have a jacket this gay? Let's be honest. So leave me alone. You got a friend in me. I want to see you get touched by God. Somebody shout hallelujah. But the cowboy hat balances it out, so about a five on a scale, one to ten, not bad. So God, God has real things for you. Brethren, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God made provision for all those things. If poverty was of God, then how did Elijah get a financial breakthrough for that starving lady? Did he use demonic power? Did he use witchcraft? No. There's actual miracle power from God. I saw it firsthand growing up. My dad was preaching in Germany. My mom and I and my sister were home. We were out of money. He didn't have any money to send us overseas. And a lady rang the doorbell and gave my mom an envelope with $380 in it. We had people coming over for dinner that night and had no no way to buy the money. If she'd have given us a check for $10,000, it wouldn't have helped us. It was Friday afternoon. The banks were closed. It took checks 12 days to clear back then. and we. But God knew all that. My mom sat down in the living room to pray. I was there. And we get a ring at the doorbell, and a lady's smoking a cigarette. So that must have been an angel. I don't think so. <laughs> with heavy metal music blasting out the windows of her car, gave, gave an envelope with $380 cash, 1989, 1990. You could buy good food for 380 bucks in 1990. And my mom ran down to that Giant Eagle grocery store, but... We thought we were going to be embarrassed and have to cut up fish sticks where you couldn't even get a full fish stick for your family. And instead, my mom went to the grocery store. We had steak and potatoes and vegetables and dessert and ate like kings. I saw that. I was there. You can't tell me the devil did that. God is Jehovah Jireh. He cares about you. Can you say amen? Man, I, and then, then my dad came home, had the same story. My mom and him were... were like fighting to say who could say what happened to them. If you're never going to believe what happened when you were gone. No, no, let me tell you what happened to me in Germany. My dad ran out of money in Germany. No cell phones or anything. Can't call home. Couldn't afford to call home. Then he drops the two missionaries off at their car. He actually paid for the meal for all the missionaries because they assume because you're from America, you're loaded. And they all left. And my dad stayed in the street, little cobblestone alley and said, Father, as you know, I'm out of money. And as he was praying, a wind blew, and he felt leaves kick across and hit his leg, so he shook his leg. And they wouldn't, it wouldn't leave his leg, so he thought it was static electricity or whatever. He re- reached down to knock the leaves off that were disturbing his prayer, and they weren't leaves. They were before Germany went to the Euro. They were Deutschmarks, hundreds of them. And my dad took them. Now, my dad was here a couple nights ago. We're very different people. He tried his best. 
and raised me the best he could. Don't blame him. It wasn't for a lack of trying how I turned out. But if that happened, I would have claimed the scripture, finders, keepers, losers, weepers, and that would have been the end of the story. My dad went down both alleys looking to see if anybody lost any money, and there wasn't even anybody there in any direction. And then he took it. He had enough to get home. Actually, when he went, when he, and then something happened with his flight where he wasn't going to be able to get home. And uh, the Lord told him what agent to go over to and what to say to her. And my dad said, I'm going to be very nice to you, and you're going to be very nice to me. It was in Russia. And she looked up, and then he told her the problem. She went, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to help you. And put my dad who had booked coach in first class all the way home. That happened simultaneously on the same trip as when that lady gave me the money. So when I hear these guys bash prosperity, you know, all these people wants money. That uh, God, God's not interested in that. He's interested in your soul. No, he's interested in all of it. When you get saved, you don't die and go to heaven. You still have a, a, a world to live in. And God, fortunately for us, is not stupid. He'll say, well, I made provision for you to get to heaven. Best of luck. No. Jesus took one of his longest sermons to tell you. Don't worry about clothes. See the lilies? I did that. And Solomon in all his glory wasn't clothed as nice as they are. I'll take care of your clothes. Don't worry about where to live. For the heathen's thoughts, that's where people miss it. They think prosperity is going to get you focused on money. You're never less focused on money than when you have plenty. It's when you don't have enough to make it to the end of the month that it starts becoming, yeah. My, my mom had to pray about dinner that night. We don't pray about di dinner anymore. Just how many kids we should feed every morning because of the blessing of God. Can you say amen? So you got a pastoral gift. You got an evangelistic gift. You have a prosperity gift. You have a word of knowledge demonstration of the Holy Ghost. A miracle gift through my uncle, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr., who, who I'm telling you, I had him cover a Sunday for me. Man, I feel good tonight. Praise God. I should have worn this hat sooner. I feel like a new man. You know what's weird? As soon as you put it on, you start hearing yourself call people ma'am and sir. I'm from up north. I haven't called somebody ma'am ever. If you call a lady ma'am up north, you get hit. But we're not up north. We're not even in the south. We're in the Republic of Texas. Amen. Keeping this boat called America afloat. Thanks for letting me in with you these two weeks. Thank you for letting me be here a third week. I love this state. I love the people of this state. And the best is yet to come. I'll tell you right up front, I bless every one of you from my spirit in Jesus' name. From my spirit, I bless every one of you in Jesus' name. You're going to have the best six months you've ever had from now through the end of December. It's not going to be a repeat of the first six months. It's going to go from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. I was on vacation, and I had my Uncle Ted. I missed uh, two Sundays since we started the church. Maybe three, I can't remember. I had my Uncle Ted cover one of them. And uh, I just turned it on to check to see what the attendance was and how it was going. And I, that's all I meant to do. And I, I couldn't stop watching. So there was a guy <laughs> who his daughter invited the dad to the church. He said, I'll never go to that church. But then we gave away a motorcycle. Sometimes when you do something like that, people say, I'll go to that church one time. So he went to the church one time. And then he started coming back. But he, he was not interested. He was just kind of placating his daughter. 
And then, and I'm telling you, this guy, he's one of our ushers now. He's a, he, was, he looks like somebody that if you got into a conflict with him, you should try to talk things out first. And so he's got a goatee, shaved head, big guy. And my Uncle Ted goes over to him, and I know he's, this is his third time in church ever. And he goes, sir, do you mind if I pray for you? And he just kind of nodded his head, like Texans do, where it's like, be careful, or you're going to get killed. He said, the Lord shows me that you have three things wrong with you. Told the three things, and I saw that guy's eyes get big. He said, stand up, the Lord's going to heal you right now. Laid his hands on him. And my uncle, my uncle said, now check yourself, and you'll find that pain's not there. And I saw that guy who's no crier start to cry, and he hasn't missed a Sunday since. That's the operation of the word of knowledge, because it lets people know. You know, all Jesus told that woman was how many husbands she had had and who she was living with now. But she went back and said, come and tell me, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. He never told her everything she ever did. But when there's an accurate operation of the word of knowledge, people realize that there's a God that knows the secret things. Now, those things, now, whether it's Brother Duplantis with money or my Uncle Ted with, this stuff can't get lost. Where is the demonstration of the Holy Ghost in church? I'm not going to let it, I mean, I'm not going to let the office of the Holy Ghost is going to die. But I'm not going to let the manifestations of the Holy Ghost die out in my generation. This is not a PowerPoint presentation with no power that makes no point. This is not a TED Talk. The assembling of the believers is to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Where's that in the Bible? The whole book of Acts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul outlines the gifts of the Spirit. Then 13, chapter 13, but despite all these things, the greatest thing is love. And then as if Paul taught all that on the gifts of the Spirit, just said, now having said that, forget all that because just have love. No. Then it goes into 14 where he says, even though love is the most important thing, desire or covet earnestly spiritual gifts. Love and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit are what's needed. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? You have to have the Holy Ghost. You can't fight demon power and demon opposition in your own strength. It'll kill you. That's why a lot of these conservative leaders are some of the most tormented, depressed people if you ever get to meet them in person. Conservative politicians, conservative media hosts, they mean well, but you can't fight the devil <laughs> with your own strength. You're just going to end up in a mental institution, like full of depression. You, you exposing, quote unquote, exposing everything doesn't do anything. You know, every Walmart can be turned into a FEMA concentration camp. Great. What would you like me to do with that information? But when you have spiritual power through the Holy Ghost, the devil has no plan against the person who's filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Can you say amen? Get me, um, get me the Camden um, week highlight too. I'm going to go in a different direction tonight. I'm going to talk about the, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to lay hands on people. How many of you were here last night? You know, there was a move of God that broke out in that back room. I went to lay hands on everybody. It's like the old services I, I grew up in and have heard about in Pentecost. I went to lay hands on people in that overflow room. And by the time I got there, everybody was singing in unison with no music and no song leader. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That one, Christ is God. Everybody's singing it in unison. They must have sung it for I don't know how many minutes. I left. Somebody wrote on Instagram, why'd you leave that room so early? Because all I could do is screw it up. The thing broke loose. People were singing. People were out in the Holy Ghost crying with their families. Can you say amen? Let me tell you something. You know, you know Pastor Bob just called me and said, you're, I heard you're going week three. He said, tell Pastor Ryan that was the right move. He said, I don't want to say anything because I feel like I kind of pushed for week two. But he said, God's doing something in Texas. Uh, now, next week, next week, Sunday through Thursday, we're going to be here. And then Friday, we're going to close it out because this was already planned. But we're going to move across to the, what's the name of the theater? The Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth. And we're going to go there. I moved it out of the hotel barroom because you have to be done at 11 p.m. The theater has zoning for clubs and parties. So you can take advantage of that as a Pentecostal. So we're going to do a, a full service. And then like we did last night or what broke out last night, we're going to give time to pray. And uh, Brother Tony, Sister Clarita, whoever else, we're going to worship God. We're going to pray in the spirit. You know, you know why? I, I did a month at Fort Worth. Then I did another month in Fort Worth. And I felt the Lord speak to me. The people of, of Fort Worth in Texas in general, but Fort Worth, are very hungry. I want you to give them an outlet where they, they can receive of my power. And then one night when I was preaching, the Lord spoke to me, not just preaching, that a, 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 a three-hour service once a, week, once a month isn't going to get it done. Open it up. Have a Holy Ghost meeting that goes till, you know, one, two in the morning. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray till the middle of the night, and we're going to remind the devil, Texas doesn't belong to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the inhabitants that dwell therein. Texas is not going to hear about a revival breaking out somewhere. Texas is going to be home to a move of God in this final hour of time. You, you, know, you know what I read last night? Did you know the National Hockey League that's based in Toronto? Liberal as liberal can get. Canada makes Austin look like Rural Texas. It's as liberal as can be. And they announced the NHL, not at a team level, at the, at the board of governors, their board of directors level. They're banning pride nights from now on in, in NHL hockey. They said it caused too much division. This has to be the worst gay pride month there ever was. Companies don't want it. How about Starbucks is having workers strike in 150 locations because Starbucks told their regional managers to take down all the pride displays. So I'm very sorry that preachers have sold the American people out. People are so wicked. No, they're not. They pretend. They try to make it seem like America's changed on social media. But we can see in America, people have rejected this push of the devil. The devil overplayed his hand. And I'm telling you, the tide's not turning. The tide has turned. Revival is here. America is going to get shaken by a mighty move of God. And you're going to be a part of it. If you believe that, can you say amen? Those are major things. Texas Rangers, no, no, let me say this while I'm at it. Do you know why the Texas Rangers aren't having a pride night? I'm not saying they would have. How many of you know their pitcher, Jacob DeGrom? They signed him from the Mets. Did you know he had it written into his contract that as long as he's a pitcher on that team, they can't have a, a pride night or they have to pay him his full contract money and release him? 
One man makes a stand. Do you know why the NHL did away with Pride Night? Putin in Russia passed a law. You know, what, as much as they knock Russia on our media, you know, hey, they're evil. Okay, what do you know about anything? Americans don't like Russia just from watching Rocky and, and Rambo. They're great people. So Russia, along with a lot of other countries, anybody watch the World Cup, soccer? Were they allowed to have a rainbow flag at the World Cup in Qatar? No, you'd go to jail. If you wore it on your uniform, you got kicked off the field and you could be arrested if you kept it on. Do you know why? Because nations realize, there's actually a Bible verse that says, nations are destroyed through moral rot. And so don't ever let them make you feel in this country like you're some hateful, vengeful jerk because the whole world's on board with this one thing except you. 72% of nations still reject. How about Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris went over to Uganda and told them that if they'll change their LGBT laws and, and start being more permissive, that America has money for them on that trip. And the president told her publicly, get back on your plane with your money. We don't want what you have in America. That's right. So that's all over the world. That's Africa. That's West Africa. So just because Europe and Canada and parts of the United States have caved to this wickedness, don't, don't watch so much TV that you, I'm, I'm like the last one that still believes in Bible values. No, you're not. So Russia banned the pride flag and then replaced it with a pro-family flag. It's a husband and wife holding hands with children on a flag. And that's the one they do instead. I'm going to tell you another thing while I'm getting wound up. You know, you talk about the overturn of abortion and all that, which is great. But do you know what fuels abortion? A wicked system. Say this with me. The love of money is the root of all evil. If you're in Section 8 housing and you get welfare, you get paid for every child you have out of wedlock. And then somebody tell me, if you're in Section 8 housing and you're on welfare, what happens if you get married? It's all gone. So there's a financial penalty for living righteously and a financial reward for living in unrighteousness. So people are, having, people are having kids, and then the abortions are free. How do you have in a country? How is it free to have an abortion and like 20 grand to adopt a child? Yeah. Let's see how many watch lists I can get on by the end of the night. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what the just, and then you hear the government talk about fighting human trafficking. You're doing it. Selling kids or 20 grand. Should, adoption should be federally. If you're a qualified home and you want a child, you should get free child and credit for raising the child. How difficult is that? All you'd have to do is flip it where the money you're pouring in that incentivizes fatherless children and broken homes now incentivizes living according to the word of God. Do you want to know who did that? Poland and Hungary. And when they, instead of incentivizing living in unrighteousness, they incentivized, you get a credit when you get married, and you get a credit for every child you have in marriage. And abortions dropped over 90% in one year. Because the love of money, there's a fight. That's the thing. Don't talk about money. Preachers shouldn't talk about money. Oh, yeah? How's everybody being controlled? How did they try to control during the lockdowns, 
If you don't get the thing, then you can't go to work. We won't pay you. But you know what you learn from the Bible? I don't need the government's help. I have a God who doesn't just get me to heaven. He doesn't just heal my body. He is Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. There's no revival that leaves this out. Revival, by the preaching of the word, will bring reformation. There'll actually come a stirring in people's hearts in Dallas and Houston and San Antonio and Laredo and all the cities of America. I'm telling you, I can see them waking up now where they're saying, these people that told us they want to help us, they're actually using money to make sure that we set up our families with no father so that we can't rise out of poverty and they're going to throw them out themselves. I am telling you, the inner cities of America are going to get shaken by the power of God. God is going to raise up mighty black preachers, mighty Mexican preachers in America mighty Puerto Rican preachers, mighty white preachers that go and shake the devil clear out of the city governments and some of them are in this room. God is anointing people right now. Go ahead and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. You don't hear me say I feel much. I don't go by my feelings, but I feel the strength of heaven to run. I feel the strength of heaven to go another week. The devil's going to get knocked clean out. This is just the beginning. And that's why I'm bringing up the gay pride stuff. Because you think I'm blowing smoke. It's already happening. The tide has turned. Yeah. Who had ever thought the day would come where liberals, Starbucks is as liberal as they get. Even that lady on the cup like ticks me off. I don't know her background, but she looks like she went to New York University, to be honest. <laughs> Who would ever thought there'd be so much political pressure? Because the devil is Captain Chump, King Idiot. Everything he's ever planned has failed. His greatest plan was nailing Jesus to the cross, and that destroyed all of his power, stripped him of everything he had, and made a show of him openly. I'm going to tell you what the devil always does. He overplays his hand. It's not time for the tribulation yet. That's after the rapture. There are limitations on what the devil can do in this dispensation. That's how I knew the lockdown would fail. That's how I knew those mandates would fail. Because it's the devil trying to do ahead of time what it's not time for yet. But you know what happens? The Bible says when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness, Luke chapter 4, and tempted him, Jesus resisted him with the word. And the Bible says, Luke chapter 4, then Satan went away and left him alone for a season. For all these churches that like capitalizing on how great the devil is and demonic attack and everybody's under a curse and you got curses in your bloodline and there's curses from the devil. Did you know the Bible says Satan left him alone for a season? There is a season where the devil has to leave you alone. And I'm telling you, the last three years, the devil did everything he could to collapse this country, but it lifted. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ prevailed and now he's regrouping and there's an open window for the people of God to run roughshod over his kingdom. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah. So anyway, getting back, getting back to the NHL thing. So, so Putin passes a law that any Russian that promotes LGBT propaganda 
in, in the nation or outside of the nation will face criminal penalties when they come back. So all these Russian players start telling their teams, listen, I can't wear a pride jersey out on the ice. It'll cost me a penalty. So the Blackhawks did away with their pride night. Then a couple other things because the Russian Christians were telling them we can't do it. So one player stood up. Listen now. One player stood up on the Texas Rangers, and it, it affected the whole team. Had the wisdom to put into his contract. Let me say this while I got my blood pumping. Do you ever notice guys get signed to the NFL, their first contract, they tithe to their church. Then they have some godless reprobate agency running their money, and they give 10% to charity. They quit tithing. If you're the athlete, you, why doesn't every Christian start doing that? Writing stuff in their contracts that makes it impossible for them to advance any kind of agenda from there. You can do that. There's young people here. When you, God's gifted you and made you, always remember, those lawyers work for you. Those agents work for you. Those insurance companies work for you. Because they, I don't, well, we need to say, no, 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 no. I had, I had an athletic gift before I ever met you. Without, without me, you don't get paid. Without you, I still get paid. Remember that. Because there's people, there's youth here that are going somewhere and young adults that are going somewhere. Don't let them suck you into the world system. It's what they do. Raise everybody in church. And, but what's the overarching thing? Yes, we go to church, but the most important thing is to get good grades so you can get into a good school. That whole thing needs dynamited. The goal of a parent, and I'm a parent, I'm, I'm not some young, because that's how I got treated. The first 15 years of my ministry, oh, you're in your 20s, and you see things differently. You'll, no, I don't see. I, I feel more like that now than I did back then. My goal with my daughter is not for her to get good grades so she can get into a good school and hear lectures from a business professor that's never run a business, and all the principles that he's teaching don't work. All right, I'll keep telling it. So if you don't like what I'm about to say, blame that lady back there that keeps egging me on. No, I'm not trying to raise an idiot either, and I'm not going to. But if your main goal as a parent is to get your kids good grades so they can get into a good school, congratulations on helping us lose another generation of people that will go to church on Sunday and think, behave, write, and act exactly as the world has told them to think, behave, and act. Say, so what do you do? Every family's got to find their own flow. We don't, we don't homeschool. I have family that homeschools. I put my daughter... Because my parents put me in regular school. I was in Christian school through seventh grade and then eighth through high school. I went to regular school once my foundation was set. And my parents could tell I was strong. I'm glad they did that. I learned how. Why do you think I can defend what I believe so well? And I use casino examples. Because I didn't, I didn't live in some little Christian enclave. I went to a school where they freaking hated the Bible. They, if a teacher knew I was in their class, they'd take time to just mock it. I had one teacher, he knew, my, he knew my dad was an evangelist. He wrote on the board, this is in U.S. history, he wrote evangelist in chalk and then a big dollar sign and told everybody, evangelists are only in it for one thing, money. I was 14 and I was taught to be respectful. I kept my mouth shut. He should be glad he got 14-year-old me and not cowboy hat wearing 42-year-old <laughs> lawyer having me. And I'm telling you, 
I'm not, I'm not one that, that's, believe it or not, people don't provoke me. I provoke people, but I don't get provoked. And that made me so mad when he said it. And I realized now at 42, it was my spirit. that was It was a demon that knew I was there telling me that stuff. Because I was called to be an evangelist. I know what it's like to go to school. I know what it's like to have uh, uh, AIDS Awareness Day. And then have all the students, this happened to me in history class. All the students were standing on one side of the room, 50 of us. And they had these two ladies from a sorority come and teach us about AIDS awareness and safe sex practices. And they go, now some people think you guys are going to be abstinent. But we know better. And they laugh. No one's going to wait till they're married to have sex. It's like, uh, is this Lucifer talking? I feel like I was being taunted personally. Then they go, okay, well, we won't assume if anybody is actually going to wait till they're married to have sex, lift your hand and then go to the other side. It's basically an altar call. <laughs> and looking back at the memory, I'm so glad. You know, when they said it, it wasn't like everyone was standing there. When they said, if anybody's planning to wait till they're married to have sex, raise your hand. The whole class went like this to me. Hey, Captain Virgin, get your hand up. And I stared that lady in the eyes and went like this and walked over to the other side of the room, mad as a hornet, thinking, why the heck do I have to do this in history class? Tell people my sexual plans. Some people better hope they never invent time machines. I walk over to the other side and they oh, we're not, um, we're not maligning your beliefs. We actually, who cares? Shut up. Don't need your approval. But I'll tell you, every time, and if we pass the mic around, there's nobody here that wouldn't have stories like that where you knew that thing. That, you know what that was that day in that high school class? That was not, uh, that, was not that. That was actually a test. That was God watching. Will you bow? Or will you stand? And I believe that day, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. I believe that day I secured something with God. Where he saw that this, this kid doesn't, doesn't give a hoot what anybody thinks. He cares about my word. He cares about my word in church and when there's 49 other people staring him down. Because that's a big deal to do when you're 16. But it develops a toughness in you. And who knew that that day, that would also be preparation for having to stare Fauci down and the district attorney of my state or or, or, uh, uh, attorney general to sue him. God will put you on a path. Whereas you keep taking these stands of righteousness, it's building something on the inside of you that your faith would come out as gold tried in the fire. The trials don't produce faith. But they refine the faith that's in you and burn the drust out. Where once you've proved it, once you have Goliath's head in your hands, you always had that ability. You always had that faith. But now that you've done it, the God that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver. It starts getting to a point. I'll tell you, and I'm not trying to run my mouth. But I will tell you, there's literally no news. At this point, after the last three years and, and all that stuff and everything I've dealt with at a state and federal level, and insurance companies call and telling you they're going to drop you. And you, you could be arrested at church today for like nine times. You saw me on that video 
with my mullet grown out. I grew that hair out to go to prison. I'm not coming in there with my hair parted on the side. And you must be my cellmate. Would you like top bunk or bottom bunk? No, 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 no. I wanted to look like I got transferred in from Colleyville. Amen. Yeah, I, you think I'm joking. I grew out a mullet when they were arresting. I thought, okay, then let's go. Let's go into that mode. You want to arrest me? I'll get the haircut ahead of time. Yeah. After all that that I've been through, what does it mean to have your faith come out as gold tread in the fire? There's literally no news I could get set on my phone right now. If they, if they messaged me, PNC that we bank with froze your bank account. They disagree with many of the things you said this week, and they're freezing your bank account, and the government has taken your money. They've seized all your assets. They've seized your building. They wouldn't even. I'd do whatever I was going to do tonight. To say, I'd go to Cain's. I'd go to sleep. I wouldn't even pray any more than I already pray. I refuse to pray in emergencies. I pray ahead of time and don't have any emergencies. Let me ask you a question. Daniel, Daniel was a, man, is, this is going to be the best night of the whole two weeks. I'll tell you right now. You can feel it. How many feel victory in here? How many feel the gift of faith in here? Let me, let me also have the video of my uncle Ted at, um, Rod Parsley's church, Miss Chloe. I'll call your sister Chloe. Miss Chloe's a psychic. How many of you feel victory in here? Yeah. Daniel, Daniel in the Bible was a prayer addict. What was he doing in the lion's den? Praying? What was he doing? Sleeping. He was asleep. He was asleep in the lion's den. You know why? When you pray when everybody else is sleeping, you can sleep when everybody else is praying. Hallelujah. We did that 21 days of prayer and fasting to start 2020. Nobody knew that stuff was coming on the earth. But who, knew, who knows what we were praying about in tongues? The Holy Ghost knows everything. The Bible says one of the reasons you should look to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and if you've not been, you should look to tonight. You do not know what you should pray for, nor how you should pray. You don't know what to pray for, and if you did, you wouldn't even know how to pray about it. But the Holy Spirit prays perfect prayers in accordance with God's will in groanings and utterances that you can't say in your natural language. So I, I'm praying in January 2020 and in tongues. Who knows what I'm saying? Father, give me wisdom around these lockdowns. Find, give me a way to pack the meetings out in the face of them saying we can't have more than 10 people. Those were the best meetings. That catapulted our ministry. We came some places. It looked like when I would preach in India. I, I remember I, I was in the country in Pennsylvania. And the whole church was full. The whole lobby was full. And then like they do in India, they left the windows on the building open with people sitting outside of the building so they could hear through the windows in Pennsylvania. It was the best time of preaching. At that point, I had ever had. There was such a hunger in the American people, oil field guys coming to church, half because they could tell something was up and half because they were told they couldn't come to church. I found out a trick those two years. The best way to get Americans to come to church is to tell them you're not allowed to come to church. No one's telling me where I can go. I'm going to church. We'd have, I'm telling you the truth, we'd have like 30% of the crowd that was there 
that was just unchurched, unsaved because they were told they couldn't go to church and they didn't want Fauci telling them they can't go to church. That church in New Mexico we go to, uh, um, Choose Life Church, Pastor Dean Shropshire. That was a 600-seat church. New Mexico wouldn't even let more than 20 people in a grocery store at a time. Yeah, people waiting out in the 35-degree weather in December in New Mexico to prevent a respiratory virus. (laughs) Dumbest people I've ever seen in my life telling us about public health. These public health officials look like they should be playing defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers. Look like they pay him in empanadas. <laughs> Telling us we got to close the gym. McDonald's can stay open, but the rest of us is closed. You, you, you people. Trust the experts. What are you an expert in? Pie eating contests? Not public health. And God gave us a plan. We're at New Mexico. You're not allowed more than 20 people in the church. And I come. And there's 880 people in a 600-seat church. And there's the police there. And I'm thinking, well, I guess this is the end. The police, you had to have masks on. The police are there unmasked, sitting with their Bibles. Don't sell America out to me. Because I saw Americans, and I've seen them since. America is a racist country. Yeah, there's racists in America, just like there's murderers in America. Just like there's rapists in America. But don't tell me the whole thing's so racist. How about, how about when it flooded in Houston during that last storm? Did you or did you not have black first responders carrying white and Hispanic families to safety? And did you not have big Hispanic first responders carrying black people and white people to safety? And white first responder Texans carrying black women over the, the water? Don't tell me. That. Look at the meeting tonight. These white evangelical churches. Find me one. You can't have a Pentecostal meeting that's all one color. It's impossible. I I preached a week of revival meetings in Finland, capital of white people. Santa Claus has a summer home there. It's the whitest country demographically you can have. It's Finland. Do you know during that week, Nigerians started coming? If you preach loud enough, Nigerians just appear. Hallelujah. (laughs) Then there's a bunch of nationalities. (laughs) There's a bunch of nationalities there that aren't allowed in America, like like Iranians, Iraqis. Three Iraqis got saved, a couple of Syrians and an Iranian. They started bringing their friends. We had three and a half rows of people from Syria, Iran, and Iraq in the meetings that got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost. We had Nigerians. We had Arabs. At an all at Finland because Jesus is not a white man's God. He's not a black man's God. He's not a Spanish God. He's the Lamb that was slain for every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and every race, every Texan, every Italian, every Irishman. He is Jesus. Hallelujah. Stay on your feet, everybody. Lift both hands. I'm telling you, we're going to see, we're going to see more national breakthroughs in these next, what are Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. In these next seven days. How do you not know Friday to Friday, seven days? 
in these next seven days, there's going to be more national breakthroughs, more rollback. These are three years. I'm telling you right now, we have a three-year window where God is giving the church power to stick it to the devil, to make up for lost time, that everything he tried to stop, he failed, and now the thief has to refund seven times. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Your mom lives in California with you or in Texas? I'm telling you, Susie, there's a revival coming to to California. The same thing I felt when I was in Fort Worth. I felt in California. There's great people in California. California is not full of of roaming, demon-possessed people, shoplifting like they show you on the news. Yeah, they have that. California is some of the hungriest Christians. That lady Susie has been here for two weeks from California. On vacation. She's been here every night. Hungry. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. I'm telling you, the devil will not write the final chapter of American history. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ will write the final chapter of American history. Somebody shout hallelujah. Close both eyes and lift both hands. There's women that are here tonight that you've been through the ringer in life, but the devil's already hit, hit you with his best shot. And it wasn't even enough to keep you out of a Friday night revival meeting. God's hand's coming on you tonight. You're not going to watch revival. You're not going to watch the nation get shaken. God's going to anoint women here tonight. He's going to open a door for you. You're going to walk through that door and you're going to be used mightily. For in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In that day, I'll pour out my spirit on all my servants, men and women alike. There's men that are here, old men, middle-aged men, young men. The devil's already hit you with his best shot. Yet here you are. They're having meetings in hell. How is that guy still in church? We, did, we literally did everything we could do. And your hunger for God, your thirst for righteousness, has you still going. Man, I'm telling you, if I was the devil, I'd be nervous. If I, were, if I was a demon assigned to Texas, I'd just pack my bags ahead of time. Look at this. Look at this army. Look at this army of people. This is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams. That's why I never wake up older men if they fall asleep in my meeting. You've got to be asleep to dream. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. In that day, I'll pour out my spirit on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I'll cause wonders in the heavens. That's the next thing you're going to see. That's why they're doing the Space Force thing. Wonders in the heavens. Strong delusion in the heavens that'll deceive, if possible, even the very elect. The the devil knows his time's almost up, but it's not his time. It's my time. It's your time. This is called the church age. Hallelujah. Your best days are yet to come. Anybody in here making plans to retire, I'd, I'd rethink them. I'd make a plan to go three more years and hit it with everything I've got. I'd I'd get my money in circulation. I'd start making moves. 
I'm not, talking, I'm not taking an offering right now. I don't mean data in circulation in my offering, though you're welcome to. I'm talking, I want to be the rich fool. Let's tear down our barns and big, build bigger barns. God shouldn't have to have you die to get your money in circulation. Why not start giving it while you're alive? Why not start making moves for the king? I want to leave a legacy. Leave it now. Make your moves now. Whatever's in your heart to do. You know, if we only have three years left till Jesus comes, I'm not saying we have only three. I'm not saying we have more than three. I'm just saying if we only had three years, what difference does it make if you're 83 or 19? You get three years. And you should live like it. I don't ever say one year, or what if Jesus was coming today? Well, what? not much I can do. I'd get an In-N-Out burger and just wait for the trumpet. If you know Jesus is coming today, you can't really do much. But three years, you, you could... You can get your hind end in gear. And the stuff that you thought one day in your 20s you'll do in your 50s, you start doing it now. If you're in your 70s, you're making plans to retire. No, no, no. Work. All of us must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the Father. John 9, 4. For night cometh when no man can work. All of us, this is Jesus talking, must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us. Brothers and sisters, you can be seated. I'm not trying to make it like Paul. I'm not saying I've attained. But I will tell you one secret to how I've been able to walk in high-level blessing is anything God assigns me, I carry it out quickly. When the Lord spoke to me on December 31st, build me a strong church in this city, I had a church building purchased in March. That was ours. We never used it. It was too small. But then when God had that other one given to us, I believe that's what provoked it. Because I moved. And wait two years, three years. We need to raise the money. No, no, just get moving. Can you say amen? amen? You need to have an urgency like that in you. This is your time. Who cares what happened the last 30 years? You can reverse it all and more in these next three years. Because this is our time. There's a prophetic wind behind the church. There's a prophetic wind behind the people of God. You know, for the, for the church to take in last week triple. The church took in, this church in one offering took in more than the last three weeks put together. That's a miracle. They weren't hammering money. They weren't doing anything. They took less offerings. Then same with us. Everything's going swimmingly. And then if you pass the mic around. We, have a, we had a partners meeting last Tuesday. Nobody said, you know, it really hurt giving that money. You know, we could use it, but we know it's going to a better cause. Oh, no. It's one story after another. You never believe what God did for us. You never believe what God's doing for our business. We, we can't even wrap our own heads around it. Because we're in Amos 9.13. The day will come, says the Lord, where the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that sows seed. I, the Lord, will hasten it in my time. There is an acceleration in the spirit to quickly get done the task. I want to tell you something. There's not one person here that's unnecessary. Surplus to requirements. Everybody here matters. Who knows how many people have been called to start churches that just had to do extra work because other people quit. Are you going to be some chump for the rest of your life that has a plan from God and all he's got to do is throw one hoe your way and out you go? One bottle of alcohol, male hoe, women hoe, hoe. Everywhere a hoe hoe. Are you going to be weak like that? I've been, I've been talk, I'm telling you the truth. You should just settle it right now. I'm not falling. I'm going to live according to the plan of God. I'm not going to be some chump because the devil's such an arrogant cuss. 
The way he talked to God in the book of Job ticks me off. I see your servant Job down there. Let me touch him. I'll get him to curse you to, to your face. That's the delight the devil takes. He thinks he can get anybody. Watch you at 14 at youth camp crying your eyes like, oh, yeah. Give, give me one crack at him. I'll get him to leave church and not serve God. But Job never did. Oh, no. Even his own wife told him, are you still going to maintain your integrity before God? Curse God and die. You talk like a foolish woman. Though he slays me, yet I'll trust him. Job didn't have a Bible. Job thought it was God doing it to him, which is why I got rebuked. And all the churches you went to where they made Job like an outlier. Well, I know there's all those faith scriptures, but then what about Job? First of all, are you that big of a loser? Out of all these stories and the, all these characters in the Bible, you gravitated to Job? Yeah, there's 66 books in the Bible. God did not put one of them to just let you know, yes, I did make these promises, but then remember, every once in a while, I'll just smite you with boils. No. First of all, who attacked, who attacked Job? God or the devil? How do you know? Job 2.7. Then Satan went forth from the presence of God and smote Job with boils. Job had no Bible. He didn't know, he didn't know the will of the devil. It shows you the, the, the rotten shape man was in after the fall, before the word. And Job didn't have a covenant with God. Whatever covenant he had was very basic. He was before Abraham. He was before the Levitical covenant. He had no, nothing he could do. So he thinks God's smiting him. God's, why do you beat me with blow after blow? But if you are a modern preacher and you take those verses and use them to teach people about God, you are a brain-dead idiot. Because at the end of the book, Job gets rebuked for everything he said. It was not God doing it. And then the other thing Job shows us is three different times. Oh, that I had an advocate to take my case to God, but I don't have one. Could Job say, Father, in Jesus' name? No, he wasn't his father and there was no Jesus' name. You, all you could do back then is cry out for mercy and God could either have mercy or not have mercy. Oh, that I had an advocate, someone to take my case to the Father. But I know my Redeemer lives and though I've not seen him in my body, one day I'll, he will stand upon the earth. It's a prophecy. It's showing you the weakness of man before Christ. But after Christ, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And now you can boldly go in, ask what you will, and receive help. I'm not Job. I'm Jonathan. Somebody say, I got Jesus. That's right. I'm not Job. I'll give you another one. How was Satan able to attack Job on the basis of his own justification? Let me touch him, and I'll get you to curse him. Job had to prove his own righteousness and his own justification. He was justified by works. I'm not justified by works. I'm justified by... So the means that Satan used to get to Job could never be used to get to the New Testament believer. I don't have to prove anything to God. Jesus proved it for me, and my righteousness is of him. I said my righteousness is of him, and my justifications of him. Quit expecting attack. 
That's what happens. People come to some backslidden church their whole life, and they hear somebody like me preach. Yeah, what well, about what about job? Why do some preachers think it's their job to deaden people's faith? Don't expect a miracle. Don't expect a healing. Don't expect a blessing. There's Job. Even your favorite little buddy, Job. How does the book end? How many chapters does it have? 42. Doesn't end at 40 with him in boils. Turn to Job 42. I know how the story ends. I read it. I read the whole Bible. I'm at jam. What about him? Job 42, 7. It's good to read the end of the story. Job 42, 7. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the, Tem- the Temanite, I'm ang- listen to what he says. This is God speaking. I'm angry with you and your two friends. For you have not spoken accurately about me. But people go through that book and take everything they said. Well, the Bible says, yeah, the Bible says it. Because it tells you what people said. But you've got to take it in context. You haven't spoken accurately about me, as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls, seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer on your behalf. I will not treat you as you deserve, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite. How many of you are glad your name is like John or Dave? And Zophar, the Namathite, did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. Verse 10, how does Job end? Really irritates me, man. If somebody take Job as like an outlier, well, I mean, sometimes God will, no, no. Then Job, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord re- restored his fortunes. The Lord what? In fact, the Lord gave him what? How much? What about Job? Do you know Baptist Bible scholars tell you that Job's whole ordeal lasted between 9 and 18 months? And then how does it end? After he went through that 9 and 18 months, this is what the Lord's had me on tonight. I had a nice message on faith planned. That when you come through trials, you come through, Job is an example of perseverance and trial and affliction. He didn't curse God. Just like Pastor Rodney, when he got arrested, he followed Job's example. Well, what's the use of being a pastor if the Lord's going to let me get arrested? No, he came out stronger than he was before. I see you coming out tonight. You will go out those doors twice as strong as you were when you came in. Come on, I don't hear anybody in here. You're coming out stronger. Hallelujah. Say it so the devil can hear you. I'm coming out stronger than I was before. Somebody say double for my trouble. Double what he had before. Exclamation point. Tell that to your cigarette smoking aunt. And my job. With her Tweety Bird tattoo that slowly has morphed to a Big Bird tattoo. And my job. First of all, go one size up on the stretch pants, Aunt Esther. Secondly, get a good knowledge of the Bible. 
When I hear Tony laughing, I get happy. Everybody say double. Double. The year, the year that the lockdowns hit, we had had our record year in the ministry, financial-wise, $3.1 million. The year of the lockdown, we took in five, almost double. Next year, we took in seven. Next year, which was last year, we took in 15.2. We're almost at 15.2 now, halfway through the year. So when I say double, the, the, God, God is a God of double. You know Bishop David Oyedepo that pastors the largest church in the world attendance-wise? He's, get, he's almost done with a 109,000-seat building, 520,000 worshipers every Sunday in one location. I was watching him on YouTube. That's a 55,000-seater. They were at us two services. One was full, and one was two-thirds full. And I saw him get up one Sunday. It helps to pray. And he said, brethren, the Lord's spoken to me that he's the God of the wonder double. This was like February. He said, by July of this year, this church will be double what it is right now. And I'm a faith preacher. And I went, what? <laughs> Bro, you're at 130,000 people. It's taken you, uh, what was he back then? Mid-50s. It's taken you, and you started in the ministry in your 20s. It's taken you 30 years to get to 130. I mean, let's be reasonable. Double in four months. You know, it's not like you're a church of 100 and you say double. But God... <laughs> God, the Holy Ghost has me like on a totally different thing. Like, it must be the hat. <laughs> God is the God of the double. There's people tonight. There's people, how many of you have been listening to me preach for at least five years? Let me see your hand. How many of you would testify so people know I'm not blowing smoke that you've never heard me go to a church and start telling everybody God's going to double them? Can I get a hand up if you've never heard me? I haven't. I'm telling you, in this church tonight, there's not a sermon I have. The God that doubled Job after the attack of the enemy. There's going to be many, not some, many people that are in this church tonight and many that are watching online. You're going to be double at the end of December what you were right now. And there's nothing the devil can do to help it, and there's nothing the devil can do to stop it. That's a fact. Because he's the God of the double. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God of the wonder double will double the attendance of this church by, by July. So I'm watching him. And, you know, it wasn't my faith that made it happen because I, I, don't, I don't even know if I was in agreement. I was like, and then I watched. The second service fill up. Then them go to three, and then them go to three, and then the fourth service at half, and they're at five today. And four more people came from everywhere. You know, God didn't make, listen to me now. God did not make the Israelites hunt quail. He sent a wind and blew quail in, and they could have as much as they carried. There's an aspect of God where it's not you trying to do it. There's a wind, that wind that blew money to my father's leg. There's a wind from heaven. And I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel that. I've been feeling that wind since the Saturday before I got here. That's why I preached that whole last week about going to another level. I could feel it because I used to not know much about it, but now I know about it because the Lord has been quickly accelerating. How do you go? 7.1 million is the most money we've ever had 
And then we budgeted $7 million in expenses for last year. And I was thinking, okay, I'm just not going to think about this because I have to have my record again to break even. Well, it wasn't $7 million in expenses because the church grew so fast. We outgrew that building, had to rent another building. Then we, and I'm not complaining. God, I know you're listening. This is not complaints. I'm just explaining the story. I want us to remain cool with each other. I'm, not, I'm glad we grew. But, you know, you grow, you have to facilitate the growth. All of a sudden, the sound system that we're using for 400 people doesn't work for 1,000 people. And it doesn't work for a 75,000-square-foot building. So we, we're renting. They keep adding pieces of the sound system on till our sound system rental was 30000 a month. A month or a week, Devin? A month, 30000 a month. So then I got this guy on staff, Nick. He's a good guy. He treats his, our ministry like it's his ministry in a good way. He finds this half a million dollar sound system that somebody's clearing out for 270000 and goes and buys it because that's a huge hit up front, but we're going to pay that anyway in nine more weeks, so might as well lay the money out. A guy that's 38 in our church finds out about it and comes out with a check for a quarter million. Hey, heard, heard about the sound system. I, I want to pay for it. And, and so it, just, it was like that all year as I made room for the growth. That's why I'm telling this to you right now because in my flesh, I felt like saying, hey, let's calm down here. You know, the Lord just gave us this 450-seat church. I know, let's go to two services. No, I don't like that. I like there to be a big crowd. If you go to multiple services, you might have 1,000 people, but nobody sees more than 300 at a shot. They don't know you have that. There's something different when you come and do a pack. I like how this church, when you come and do a big gathering of the saints with loud music and loud singing, the Bible says in the multitude of people is the king's honor, but in the, want, in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. That's in the book of Proverbs. I like that. So they no, no, no. First of all, I'm not the one that did the growth. God did the growth. God's not a dummy. God's not going to grow you. And they go, oh, sorry, I didn't realize there was going to be like that much extra money to grow you. So um, maybe you can start like a GoFundMe. No. He's not a dumb God. He's a smart God. He actually possesses all wisdom. So I just thought, okay, you know, make, make up your mind with this for me tonight on this Friday night. If I, if I crash, I'm going to crash going forward. I'm not going to crash taking cautious steps of unbelief. Yeah, see, you start losing people because Christians hate aggression. That's why the church only does well. If you remember when Joe Biden got off in office and everybody was scared and said they're going to pack the Supreme Court and all our freedoms are going to get taken away, I told you the exact opposite. I said, you'll actually see the church do the best it's ever done because Christians only know how to respond when they're being attacked. But then what happens once you get the victory? That was the problem in the Old Testament. Oh, we're in trouble. We're being oppressed. We need your help. God answered them. They get victory, go right back to idol worship. Christians and believers have never known what to do when to play from ahead. They wait till they have cancer to get prayer for healing or learn about healing. They wait till they're bankrupt to sow a seed and get back in church. What would happen if as God set you free in these two weeks and placed you on top, rather than waiting for the next attack, you said, devil, I'm keeping my foot on your head. I'm keeping the foot on the gas. I'm going to press in even harder in victory than I did in defeat. I see you doing that in Jesus' name. You listen to me. The last backward step you ever took 
will be the last backward step you ever take. I said the last backward step that you ever took. No more ups and downs, just ups and ups. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Somebody say, God of the double. I watched him double. Bishop Boyd Dumpo's car, and I thought, shoot, there actually is a Holy Ghost. How do you go from 130 to 300 and some thousand? And he was at, his average attendance in the 80s was 11 people in a grass roof church with wood benches. Doesn't matter where you start. Keep going. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Make plans to increase. Give God room to move. Hallelujah. And again, my wife's preaching vacation Bible school right now. She doesn't, I'm not saying this to, to compliment her or to score points with her. I couldn't score any more points with her. She likes me a lot. But I'm glad God fixed me up with that, that Puerto Rican chick. Because she, she makes me seem like I have no faith. She said, hey, Jonathan, you know, we were planning to do that steel building for, on, the, on the property that we got for the church. She said, we were just coming back from uh, Wynn Casino. And Dallas was taking pictures and notes. She said, if they can build something like this in, interior-wise for gambling and whatever else, then God can have it at this level. So she said, because she was dealing with it, she said, Jonathan, are you gonna, do you want to build a basic church? Or will you let me build God a proper church? And I was thinking, uh, maybe like a basic church? In my head, because I knew what she was asking. It's going to be the difference between like 8 mil, mil and 30 mil. You want a church that testifies that we serve the actual Most High, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Or do you want a FEMA detention camp with a steeple on it? And then she's talking, I just keep hearing, ka-ching, ka-ching. I said, no. I said, build, build me a proper, build God a proper church. So let's do it. If we let's just go down. You know, why, 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 why take half measures? Well, if we do it the other way, it's only eight million. If we do it the other way, it'd be 30. I don't have eight, so might as well go for 30. I don't, I don't have it anyway. Doesn't make any difference. If you're gonna use your faith for an amount you don't have, why not make it a huge amount you don't have? You know, so that one day, just like I'm standing here talking about Frederick Casey Price after he's dead, somebody, if Jesus tarries, will be talking about. Some Polak from Pittsburgh that got faith with his Puerto Rican wife to build God that monstrosity on Interstate 279 that shows that city that Buddha is not the top God. Muhammad is not the top God. Shiva is not the top God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has a residence in this city. Hallelujah. I'm telling everybody say double. I'm telling you something here. So Adonis, I said, yeah, all right, let's go, let's go to the big one. I said, uh, just do me a favor. I said, make it where I'm not the only one that has to use my faith, where you're picking out expensive crown molding and the cedars of Lebanon overlaid with gold, whatever you're planning. I said, will you turn your faith loose with me? So that we have two channels? She said, I will. 
And that's when, six weeks after we gave that million-dollar check to Pastor Rodney, on a Thursday, man, God is so good. God is so good. And I'm trying to teach a principle here. You're actually going to find that if you make little small projects, God's not that interested. If you plan something that you can do, God will let you do it. If you plan to do something that without him you can't pull it off, then God goes, now we're talking. Can you say amen? You don't ask a king for ice cream money. Anybody ever heard there's an evangelist that's based around here that has like a small ministry? His name's Jerry Savell. Anybody ever heard of him? A little tiny ministry, little tiny world impacting ministry. You know, he's, that's a joke, by the way. He's got a massive ministry. You know what I heard him say? He was going to, to negotiate. I can't remember what Africa, what, what country did Jerry Savelle build the hospital in? Was it Uganda or Kenya? Kenya? I think it was Kenya. So Jerry Savelle wants to build a hospital in Kenya. And uh, Oral Roberts is going to supply the medical students to facilitate it. So they go to meet with the president to try to get a land grant for the hospital and explain to him how it's going to help the country. We're going to staff it with doctors. And so Jerry Savelle meets with the president of Kenya, prime minister, and Oral Roberts is sitting in the meeting, and he keeps bumping Jerry Savelle because Jerry Savelle is asking for 10 acres. And he keeps bumping him, and Jerry's going, not now. You know, we're talking to the president. He goes, no, look what I wrote. So finally he looks at it. And it's like, doesn't make sense. He goes, what's this? He goes, it's Oral Roberts spelled backwards in front of the president. They're talking about like serious things. Oral Roberts is talking like he's, he's going senile. It's, look, it's Oral Roberts spelled backwards. And Jerry Savelle said, I said in front of the president, I'm sorry, are we boring you? And Oral Roberts said, yep, you're boring me, he's boring me, and he's boring me. Talking about 10 acres. Oral Roberts said, talking about 10 acres. How about 100 acres? How about doing, start talking big? And the president went, now we're talking. That you actually think you're doing yourself a favor going small. I'm telling you, you get one go around on this planet. Why not do something big for God? Why not break every barrier that they told you you couldn't break? So the one week after we sowed that million dollar seed and Adonis told me she'd put her faith out with me. I said, uh, I was getting ready. I was going to go do a spite-a-thon every night and morning and broadcast. So the word it was the week before I went to California and the Lord spoke to me, just stay home and rest. Cause I was preaching twice a day for the whole week in California, twice a day, the whole next week in Tennessee, no breaks, big deal. If you work in the oil field, you do more than that. But I, I just felt the Lord speak to me. Stay home and rest. Well, easy for him to say. You heard what my overhead is a month. Break that down to a week. You don't get any money playing uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, fun, but he doesn't pay. But I, I obey the Lord. All right. Stay home and rest this week, and I'll take care of the week. All right. So I, 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 I obeyed. I didn't even go to our Wednesday night service. Just stayed home the whole week. Did nothing. Nothing. I mean, you know those step counters, how you're supposed to get 10,000 steps a day? I wouldn't have got 1,000 for the whole week. 
I never moved, even if I was hungry, if the food was out of reach of it. Then Adalis calls me on Thursday. Are you coming in today? I said, oh, no, I wasn't planning on it. Why? Come in and meet me for lunch. She's not, she doesn't ask me to meet her for lunch. I said, will you tell me what's going on? She said, no, I want to show you something. I said, just tell me, because now if it's like a subpoena, I want to know now. She goes, uh, well, somebody came, somebody flew here today and dropped the check off for the church. Guess how much it is? I said, 10,000. She laughed. Uh -uh, no. 25? Uh-uh. 50? No. 100? No. Quarter million? No. I said a million. Yep. Million dollar check. Stay, stay home and rest this week and I'll take care of the week. And a lady flew up, dropped off a million dollars and flew back home. Didn't even stay for lunch. Just like that. And you know why I'm telling you that? Because Adalis, you know what she said? She said, notice they gave it to me. She said, remember how I told you I'd, I'd join my faith with you to help bring the money in? She said, you didn't bring that in. My faith brought it in. She said, because they weren't asking even to speak to you. They wanted to speak to me. So everybody say this with me. Say the power of agreement. I've never preached on this in my life. Do you know why the devil tries to put discord between you as a husband and wife? To keep your faith out of agreement. If you're fighting and arguing, you're, even if you make up at the end of the day, you're not doing anything together. You're across with each other. But if you stay in agreement, do you know I read a statistic? The average couple, what's the divorce rate, 51% or whatever? The average couple that's in business together, the divorce rate's less than 6% because you're in agreement. You're not working at, uh, well, I can't say companies. Takes it personally. You're working at Chuck E. Cheese. Your husband's working at Jiffy Pop. Oh, that's a thing. And you got two separate lives. But when you come into agreement, I want to tell all the husbands and wives that are here. Join your faith. Oh, that's your thing. No, no, no. I said, listen to my wife. Okay, yeah, build it, build it. Build a beautiful church. But let's make it our thing. Let, let's, let's join our faith together and see what God will do. You know, we didn't have that conversation seven years ago. We had it in March. And that million came in May. And, and what, what month is it now? June? Yeah, so this is an ongoing story. You know, that's why I'm so excited because I know I'm in the middle of a miracle. I feel it. I feel the wind of heaven. I'm in, a, I'm in the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm not getting out of that flow for anything. What's the devil going to buy me off with? I'm already flying in my own plane home. I'm already eating Texas barbecue. So you have no better food to offer me. You have no better transportation. I, I'm past that. Should have got to me when I was in my 20s. Me and God. Me and God. Let me tell you something else about Job. You know, of all the negative things people point out about Job, you know something I, I like about it? That in the beginning, under that worst covenant, God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That he's an upright man, blameless in all his ways. How you know he displeased God every day? How can you make that statement? 
Because before Christ, God said, have you considered my... Look at it. Turn to Job chapter 1. Hallelujah. 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 What a Savior. Jesus is wonderful. King of kings and Lord of lords. <laughs> We're not building something for God. God's building his own church. All he needs you to do is believe and obey. Only believe. Only believe. How things are possible. Only believe. By December, this church is ordained to have double the Sunday morning uh, attendance and double the revenue to go with it. Jesus' name. Somebody shout double. I say double in Spanish. Doble. Well, that's a tough one to learn. All my Spanish friends shout doble. Doble en el nombre de Jesús. Double by the fire of God. Doble en fuego de Dios. Double. 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 God's not looking to get you back to where you left. He's going to take you twice as far as where the devil knocked you down from. Hallelujah! That's a fact. That's why I'm telling you these things. Play, play my Uncle Ted video so that they can see who he is before I tell what he told me. Because he's a real prophet. Watch this. Praise God. Praise God. Stand, little, Stand sister. little sister. Could you hold her Bible and stuff, please? Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands. Hallelujah. Take a step of faith. Now listen, when the gifts of the Spirit start working, it's like throwing a stone in a pond, the ripples go out. As the ripples go out, that means you get a touch, even though I may not be speaking to you specifically. If you'll release your faith, God will touch you. Amen. Hold your glasses in your hand. You have two conditions. Even though you have glasses, what it doesn't reveal, you're starting to lose your sight in one of your eyes and there's pressure building up. Isn't that right? True? I can have surgery. No, don't even go there. I haven't prayed for you yet. Yes, yes. Can I take my coat off? Now listen, <clears throat> I was kidding. We understand that a great church like this has staff who are taking care of your children. If you're a parent, and you need to get your children. It's all right. But I, 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 I'm going to pray for people for a minute. Yes, sir. Because the Lord told me, I saw you in my room when I prayed yesterday. You will not go blind in your right eye. You understand that? And whatever else the Lord would show, I receive it. You feel that? That's the Holy Ghost. I command that spirit of blindness to come out. She shall not lose her eyesight. Can you help her back up? Thank you. Everybody lift your hands. The anointing's here. Also, you've been struggling to get your sugar into the right level and your blood pressure. And the Lord now, I command your blood pressure to go to normal. Sugar level stay in the normal level. The eye is healed. Vision. Someone shout vision. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I said hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. May I pray for you, ma'am? Come here, please. Man, six guys. This is a well-organized church. Yes, ma'am. Bless your heart. Take my hand. When you have a broken heart or you've lost something, it hurts. But the Lord is going to restore to you today what the devil took. you believe that? Amen. A couple of weeks ago, you almost said, well, what's the use of even serving God if these things happen? Isn't that right? Yes. You sat on the edge of a bed. I see the vision. And you said, Lord, if you're real, somehow show me that you're going to help me. D didn't you say that? It was in your bedroom. Isn't that right? And I wasn't there, but I am now by the Spirit. The power of God's on her. She shall not go to hell. She shall not turn her back on the Lord. She shall receive a touch. You ready? You shall be filled with the Holy Ghost and serve God with a great fire. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your hand. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord shows me you've been faithful. This is your church. Is that right? And somehow you've served Brother Parsley in the past. And by partnering and praying and believing. I see that. When you share with another, such as our dear brother Parsley, who we love, then there's a measure of that reward the Bible speaks of that comes on you. You believe that with me? I won't do this. Lay your hand right here on your chest. I command a supernatural anointing to come on your body today to strengthen you. To strengthen you. I don't understand it other than the Lord shows me sometimes the rhythm of your heart gets a little off. And your heart will race a little bit and you feel it. Isn't that right? That's correct. And uh, you've had physicals. You've been checked, but you have been kind of watching it. Would that be a good way to say it? That's correct. Kind of watching it. <laughs> Wait on the Lord. Everybody lift your hands. Others of you that may have had issues with heart shall be healed. I command the rhythm of your heart to stay normal. When it does, your blood pressure will come to the right level and stay there, not up and down like you've been dealing with. Isn't that right? And then recently in the back of your neck and shoulder, isn't that right? That's correct. Arthritis has tried to come in your bones and to cripple you up in a form of rheumatism. But I curse all the Itis brothers. Arthur and the whole crowd, bursitis, all the itis. By impartation and laying on the hands, you sh there shall be healed in your body. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and give God the glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. We give you the glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Someone say forever and forevermore. Everybody lay your hand on your body and receive healing if you need it. Strength if you need it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hello. Someone say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Power of God is here. Lift your hands. The anointing is here. Stand, little lady. Step out in the aisle. Look at me. You know I don't know you. As far as I know, we've never spoken. You need healed in your back, and the Lord's going to do it. Isn't that right? You have three discs that have deteriorated down to nothing. Isn't that right? Yes. Now, how do I know that unless God really does speak to me? And apparently, he still wants us to be here at 5 after 12 because he's still moving. Isn't that right? And then one of your hips now has begun to go bad. Are those things so? They are so. What would you say if I told you that you shall receive the working of miracles now? I'm not going to pray for God to heal three bad discs. I'm going to ask him to give you all new ones. right through here isn't that right yes. where my hand is yes. you could have said no it's up higher but it's right here right there. do you feel that move yes. I believe he's doing it right now Loose. Oh. now if someone touched you that would be painful wouldn't it yes it would watch this you don't feel that do you you, Lord, for three brand new discs and a new hip. Hallelujah! What's that? I thought he forgot about me. You thought he forgot about you. Watch this. Take my hands. Take my hand. Take a step of faith. Now watch That's what I grew up in. And this new generation needs to know that God. Not some distant God who doesn't care about your problems. He's a very present help in time of trouble. I said he's a very present help in time of trouble. How many know God's got his hand on your life tonight? So I said, before my Uncle Ted cut me off, I was saying that when people teach you that God's met, I mean, and we fail him every day. Nonsense. He said to Job, have you considered my servant Job, that he's an upright man, blameless in all of his ways? He's bragging about Job. So don't tell me God can feel that way about Job, and then me under the blood of Jesus, that he's upset with me. I mean, no, we sin every day even when we don't know it. No, that's not true. If you do, you need to stop. Jesus told a woman, go and sin no more. Look at this list of sins in the Bible. How do you do them and not know it? Witchcraft? Honey, I got so busy at work, I met up with these three ladies in the woods. Next thing I know, we were chanting to Satan. No, that takes effort. Murder, adultery, fornication, drunkenness, riotous living, uncontrolled outbursts of anger. You don't do those on accident. There's some spirit in religion that wants you to feel like God doesn't like you. 
When the whole message of the Bible is that even while you were yet in sin. Sorry, I would fail God if I didn't pray for this lady right now. Lord doesn't even want it's the Florida shirt on. You mind if I pray for her? Sir, you mind if I pray for her? Come right under the eye. I won't do anything strange. God's hands on you right now, totally setting you free. You'll never be the same after tonight. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. Every rope that the enemy has wrapped around your life, like invisible ropes, they're burned off of your body now by fire. Every sickness and disease that has set into your body, you're healed right, right now in Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be delivered. You're going to have the best ear you've ever had. Take this hand and put it on your mouth. You'll never have a taste for that stuff again. In Jesus' name. That's it. It goes right now. You'll never be enslaved to that again. Mind if I pray for you, sir? Just meet me in that aisle right over there. Hallelujah. You know, I'll give you a little secret especially if you're in the ministry, but even if you're not in the ministry, isn't it interesting how you play a video where the word of knowledge is in operation and the anointing gets loose and that, now the word of knowledge is in operation? Whatever you hang around, you get. You hang around people that smoke weed, you get high, even if you're not smoking. You hang around the anointing of healing, it'll get on you. It'll get on your body, it'll start flowing through. I'm telling you, this is a great night. I'll tell you this, not that it matters. This is the best I've ever felt in my life tonight. Hallelujah. Doesn't it feel good to know you're dead center in the middle of God's will? I'm not one step to the left, one step to the right. Sorry, sorry to keep you waiting, sir. This lady, uh, man in the teal, teal shirt that was with that lady, step up into the aisle. I don't forget about you. The Lord's doing a miracle for your whole family. Your whole family. And it starts at the top, which is you. Lift both hands to the Lord. Close both eyes. Power of God's on you. That thing the devil used to try to put enmity and division in your relationship there. So there'd be no agreement. God's already sorted it out. It's gone. Now you're going to enter into agreement together. Life's not going to be hard anymore. All the yelling and strife, it'll never come back. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. See, when, people, when people say people like me um, push the people down, you need to take a physics class. Mind if, I, mind if I pray for you? Hand of God's on you. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here, sir. Hallelujah. <laughs> Double, double, quickly double. You think God wants all the building contract money going to heathen building contractors? If you get your rear in gear, you'll get double. Knock all the unbelief in, and it's not important. Make it important to you. The building of the kingdom should be important to you. Stop bidding your jobs out so low. I'm a Christian. Yeah, take the maximum amount out of the market to build the church. Amen. 
You read Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you think it's, it's, it, we're supposed to not be aggressive? Jacob pinned an angel. Aggression. Hey, look, an angel. Let's go. And the Lord's upon you, miss. That's it. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. You know, the Lord will use you your whole life. You'll minister his word to many people in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. That's a fact. Lift your hands all over this place. Now, from here on out, anytime you feel like clapping, just lift your hands and begin to use your mouth to worship God. I'm going to have you sing, Sister Clarita. Toshton Dian Amo. Geston there is a rapid acceleration like we read in the book of Acts that's happening right now all over the world and we're not going to be left out here. The Holy Ghost is available to anybody who's interested in going to another level. I want to make my life count for eternity. I want God to use my life to do something. Let me pray for this love and action group from Houston. Love and action. Both of you step into the aisle. Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. In G That's it. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Mind if I pray for you in the black top? Come right onto the aisle. Put one hand across your heart, one hand on your belly. In Jesus' name. The Lord's going to give you two healings. One under each hand. In, that's it. In Jesus' name. Go right through you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. God's got a miracle with your name on it. If you're interested, God's got a miracle with your name on it. In Jesus' name. Now, if you want to receive, just lift both hands and open your heart and shut yourself in with God. If you want to not receive, keep your hands down and stare me in the eyes when I walk by like I just won money off of you in a poker game. Up to you. God's given people all this year an on-ramp back onto the highway. People that got disconnected during COVID and the lockdowns and made bad choices. God's building on-ramps back onto his perfect will. Some of you are getting a chance right now to get on the on-ramp and get right back on Interstate 30. You're in the weeds. You're in some little uh, uh, auxiliary road on somebody's ranch, wandered off the path. God's going to put you right back on his highway right now in Jesus' name. You're not going to live the rest of your life in some plan B, God forging some little path for you to, to make, you know, make, make amends for your mistakes. God will forgive you. God will put you right back on his path. Like he told David, pursue, overtake, recover all. Pursue, an anointing's coming on you right now, to pursue, overtake, and recover all. In Jesus' name. This lady in the gap, black, uh, zip up, step, stand up, step into the aisle. Lift both hands right there. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. Going to another, you thought you already hit another level. I'm going to show you an even higher level, sis. In the name of Jesus. Let me pray for my friend uh, with the glasses on. You've been in every meeting, I think, morning and night.
the lady, and she's got a man with glasses next to her, if they would have them both stand in the aisle. Let me pray for this guy with the beard and the lady in the green. Yep, Christmas colors, very optimistic. Do you mind if I pray for you? No, thank you. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. God's gonna to touch everybody, you and everybody you're believing for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. There it is, go right through you. In the name of Jesus. This couple here, lift both hands. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to have the best six months you've ever had. Now through December. Remember pray for this lady in the black and white polka dots? Mind if I pray for you? Come right out. Actually, meet me in that aisle. This one's clogged up. Let me say something before I pray for that, that lady I just called out. Some people have a spirit of poverty or a spirit that causes continual poverty. Some people, it's alcohol. You get a job, you're doing well, then your drinking flares up, you get fired, you have an outburst at work. That's demonic. And that's still your choice. There's no, there's a demon, so I just, that guy, I'm, no, 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 no. You opening the door for alcohol is what caused that. I'm, I'm telling you by the spirit. Because there's some people that contact me on Instagram or wherever. I need money. I scroll up. The last time they contacted me was 18 months ago. They needed money. And it's small amounts. How can you be a grown man and need $175? Camila has that. Walking in the blessing of God. I'll tell you how. You got fired from your last job. Because you got drunk or angry. And that little door that you've left open, the devil, right when you're getting ready to break through, he goes, where do you think you're going? And the alcohol flares up. Or the anger. Or the drug addiction. Or the weed. All the young people that are here, I'm talking 25 and younger. If you'll lay off, when I say lay off, don't have anything to do with marijuana or alcohol. And you'll run circles around your competition. I mean, that, that's not even to mention the anointing. Show up on time. Have a, have a sharp mind to run the equipment. You'll blow by people. You're not meant to be just high and intoxicated all the time. No. Be full of the Holy Ghost. You can go high. You know, I'm not saying I'm like Captain Smarty Pants, but if I lived in a trailer park, which my mother did, or I lived in Section 8 housing, which my wife did, so I'm not knocking you, I would make a note of what everybody does there and do the opposite. Oh, all of you smoke weed? I'm not. Oh, all of you are drunk every night? I'm not drinking. Everything you do, I'm going to do the opposite because I'm not going where you're going. I'm going higher. I'm meant for more. I'm not here to survive. I'm here to take over. Come on, if you receive that, let God hear you tonight. Say it out loud. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to live like everybody else. Hey, you're, you're already on your way. I'm not lecturing the wrong people. We're not, this is not Friday night at a club. This is Friday night at church. And a lot of you way back 18 days ago would have been at a club. 
But you're not there tonight because you're heading in another direction. And where God's brought you is not where he's going to leave you. The best is yet to come. You're not going to stay where you're at. He that began a good work in you is bringing it to completion. Let me pray for this lady. Tap her. You. And then I'll come back to you. This lady in the uh, orange and blue jeans. Both of you. Come right now. With both hands, close both eyes as you do the power of God. Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus I curse poverty I curse sickness and disease I curse everything that's of poverty and sickness and disease in the sound of my voice God didn't make you to be sick God didn't make you to be poor he made you to be healed and have an overflowing cup the devil did the opposite but Christ came and reversed it Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I'm not meant to be sick. I'm called to heal the sick. Say, I'm not called to be poor. I'm called to help the poor. Broke doesn't help broke. Somebody's got to get blessed. Where'd you guys drive in from? Came in from Dallas. That's a long way. It is. Took me an hour and 20 minutes. Glad you came. How'd you know about me? Yes. Here, I'm gonna give you the mic. I just let you get a few words out to make sure you're not nuts, and then you can have the mic. <laughs> go ahead. Tuesday, my wife said, "I'm going to church," and I said, "Go. You need Jesus," because I was mad at her. And tonight, we got called out on our strife. Tonight we're done with the fighting. Hallelujah! No more strife. Let every marriage be healed tonight. Let every marriage be healed. Let every marriage be healed, including online. This lady with the blonde hair is just sat back down. Yep, step right under the aisle. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Say this out loud. What I expect is what I'll experience. If some idiot has programmed you that marriage is about fighting and an old ball and chain, then that's what you're going to have. You expect your marriage to be a source of conflict. It will be. Every TV show is going to help feed it. Always fight. Find me anything that's on TV where somebody that's married is not having an affair. You won't see it. It's the devil trying to program you. Your marriage isn't supposed to be a source of strife. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains what? Favor from the Lord. And my wife brought a million dollars into our ministry. That's favor. Amen. You mind if I pray for you in the denim jacket and the glass on top of your head? Jesus loved you, and I, I haven't forgotten about you. Just got distracted. A little ADHD in the spirit. <laughs> Take your hand and put a, your one hand and put it across your heart and lungs and lift the other hand to the Lord. I'm not saying you smoke, but whether it's where you work or people you are around, 
whatever you were around where you breathed in unclean substances and now if the devil had his way to do a number on your heart and lungs and your bones, that infirmity leaves you right now. It, you'll never have COPD, you'll never have emphysema. In Jesus' name, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Mind if I pray for you? Lift both hands, close both eyes. That's it. Say this out loud. Sickness, poverty, healing, riches. There was a woman who had an issue of blood who had spent everything she owned on doctors but was no better. In fact, she was worse. Sickness and poverty go hand in hand. Yeah, can't make money with a hernia when you work construction. Can't have diverticulitis and, and work as a nurse 14 hour shifts. You can't do it. You pass out and die. So sickness is a path to poverty that the, if the devil can get sickness on you, one sickness can wipe out the money of a whole family. I don't know how people can't say that you can because you're intelligent Texans, but you'd be amazed how dumb people are once you leave the state. You know, the devil comes with... What's the first thing Satan did when God said everything he has now in your hand? Took everything he owned, then smote him with boils. Sickness and disease. Sickness is the foul offspring of its father Satan and its mother sin. How many pediatric cancer centers were there in the Garden of Eden? How many? How many handicapped parking spaces will there be in the New Jerusalem? So if there was none before the devil came on the scene, and there won't be any after he's off the scene, who with an IQ north of room temperature can make the case that sickness is of God? I believe God made her. Okay, to get sickness, God would have to steal some from hell. Can you say amen? Came from the curse. It's not difficult. Sickness and poverty leave you forever. I like you too. You know that? I think you two are great. I know you had a private conversation. You had one before you came to church last night and one before you came to church tonight about changes you're going to make and about getting serious with God. And the Lord heard your exact conversation. It's going to put a blessing on everything you decided to do. It's a fact. Let me pray for both of you. I was just going to give you the word, but might as well pray for you while I'm here. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Oh dear. Rikoto eshandianamo. I don't mean them to. I mean about everybody. You're going to have to make some decisions that I'm not carrying on for one more day. Things I, that were shown to me as an example growing up. I'm, I'm not losing my temper. This family, you won't make us mad. That's not a Bible verse. You won't make me. You know, it's amazing how the devil will get you to accept something that sin is part of your ethnicity. Oh, we, we drink, we're Jamaican. We drink, we're Irish. We drink, we're Italian. We drink, I mean, every, fill in the blank. Have you ever heard anyone say, we don't drink, we're Australian? No. So everybody, oh, we drink. We, I drink, I'm Irish. I drink, I'm Polish. I drink, I'm Scottish. You don't want to make me mad, I'm Irish. I got an Irish temper. I got an Italian temper. I got a Japanese temper. Say, say this out loud. I'm not who I used to be. 
I'm born again. Yeah, I don't identify with the negative parts of whatever my 23andMe CIA DNA collection experiment is. You know, I'm Mexican, we drink. What does that mean, Mexican, we drink? What if you start saying, and then it says that we drink and you don't wanna make us mad. What if you start saying, in this family, we're blessed. In this family, we have righteousness. We don't behave like the rest of the world behaves and that's why we have things that are different than the rest of the world has. Amen. And that's what you're gonna have, you too. You had two conversations about it and the Lord's gonna give you power to make it happen. Power to make it happen in Jesus' mighty name. Lord's blessings on you, my friend. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. Now, when the Lord puts that blessing on you, that oil, that's why I played my Uncle Ted. I was going to tell you that he told me. Everybody say the double. Jonathan, how many ever watched that show I used to do, Check the News? First of all, my apologies. Secondly, my uncle called me in September and said, if you can find a way to get check the news on national television in the month of October, 2020, before the election, God will double your ministry in one month, one month. I said, all right. I called um, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown and asked if he'd give me his 11 o'clock time slot on CTN. And Bob DeAndre agreed to let me on, which I think he immediately regretted. But he let me on for one month and uh, we would have two or 300 people watching us at a time on YouTube and Facebook. It starts going up 11,000 watching at a time, 19,000 watching at a time, 22,000 watching at a time. One night we had 168 first time decisions for Jesus Christ on one episode of the news. Yeah, that's like gotta be a news record. I guarantee you Tom Brokaw's never had that many people saved on one telecast. We had a whole prison get saved. I don't know whether to take this as an insult or a compliment. They said, we watched the whole show. We, we, we couldn't tell you were a Christian. They said, then when you had us pray at the end, we prayed. And they said, we all got saved. Can you ship us Bibles? We shipped it, shipped a bunch of books. Then they started mailing their tithe in for months. 10 cents, 30 cents, dollar 10. That was a whole prison in Iowa that gave their life to the Lord. And our partnership doubled in one month from 2,000 to 4,000. And our money doubled from that month forward. So I know this stuff sounds far off. Let me, let me tell this to the upper echelon of people. When God told Solomon, I'm going to make you rich, he was already rich. There's always another level in God. Because he's a God of continual, perpetual increase. Sorry for making you wait so long, man. Let me pray for this lady. Second, second to last in the gray with the headband on. You mind if I pray for you? Lift both hands, close both eyes. The God of perpetual increase. What made all those people start watching, check the news? When it, how'd it go from 300 to 19,000? The word of the Lord came. So it's not you trying to make it happen. You just get in the flow. What if I were, there's no way I can get on TV in, a, in one month. I don't know how, no, no, make it happen. Million dollar offering, billion dollar flow. All right, let me get the million dollars. So I can get in the billion and it go just like that. Because what I'm preaching tonight, it's not you trying to make it happen. All you're going to do is agree, I'm going to get in what God's doing in this last hour of time. Amen. In the name of Jesus.
Again, okay, you know what? Let me pray for this lady. Better stand in here forever. Lift both hands, my friend. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Close both eyes as you do the power of God come to seen a row of young people in 21 years of preaching that I like more than you. Most attentive young people I've ever seen. Who sits through two hours of preaching on the edge of your seat clapping for other people getting healed? Most youth, they'd be on their phones, whatever. Not you. I want to pray for every last one of you. Come right up. Lord's going to bless you tonight. Shoulder to shoulder, right across the front. not in trouble, you're in the opposite of trouble. Praise God. You know, I've never done this in my life. Thank the Lord, because I would have never done that if he didn't tell me to. Lift both your hands. The Lord wants you to know that's a sign from him that this is not fake. That God's going to bless you. He's going to bless everything you put your hand to. You won't live like others have lived. And you won't go like others have gone. For I put my hand upon you tonight, says the Lord. From this day forward, you're rescued from destruction and you're rescued from hard living and fighting and arguing and that kind of stuff. It'll never find a place in your home. God's going to put you on your own path. It's going to be a joyful path. In Jesus' name, keep your hands lifted. The hand of God's on you. I know Jesus said wherever two or three are gathered, I'm there in the rest. But I like I feel like he's like here. Wherever you are, I love you. Can't see you, but I love you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Be blessed. Life won't be hard ever again. In Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I feel like you asked the Lord to help you with something. And he wants you to know he heard your prayer. And he's helping you right now. That's it. That's Jesus' hand. Take more. In Jesus' name. Just stay there and let the Lord touch you at the altar.
I pray for my friend with the blonde highlights and then you with the jean jacket sitting together. Come right out into the aisle. Hearing the Lord's upon you. You stand right there. Just stand shoulder to shoulder. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Thanks for letting this fake cowboy pray for you. Lift your hands up even higher. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. I'll tell you the same thing I told the, the youth. Life won't be hard anymore. Put this hand on your lower belly. Lord gives you three miracles on your inside. Jesus' name. You have pressure on you that I never had when I was younger. Don't have sex before marriage. Keep weed and alcohol away from you. You're going to the, right to the top. When somebody tries to pressure you to do something you don't want to do, look them in the eyes and go, No! do great things in life you're going to do great things in life praise God I love you guys you can go back to your seat whenever you want you got a great future ahead of you Jesus hallelujah pray for a couple more people and I'll leave you alone for the weekend. Mind if I pray for you in the black shirt? Come right out into this side aisle. Praise God. Mind if I pray for you? Mind if I pray for you? Pray for you first if you're closer then I'm going to come to you. Lift both hands to the Lord. Let me alter my instructions. Both, both, both hands across your, where your lungs and your heart are. Your upper chest. In Jesus' name, be healed in your body. In Jesus' mighty name. I know in my spirit, you've been correcting your diet. You've been doing everything you can do in the natural, health-wise, but now the Lord's going to give you what that stuff's going to give you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Nice to meet you. Put one hand across your heart and lungs. Lift the other one to the Lord. You'll never have COPD or emphysema, lung cancer, or heart trouble. Believe that with me? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Whatever kills the women in your family won't kill you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Sorry you got such bad seats that you had to have binoculars. 
God bless you. Such great people here. Amen. Feel the Lord touch you. That's Jesus. Now, just like you feel him here, sorry, not really supposed to be here. Just like you felt the Lord touch you, he don't go away now. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You can talk to him. You can ask him for help. You don't have to phrase it in some preacher voice. You can just say, God, if you don't help me, I'm going to punch this guy. And he'll help you. Sometimes he'll punch him for you. Because he can't get arrested. Amen. You got a teacher that's targeting you at school? Tell him, Lord, I don't, this teacher is giving me a hard time for nothing. Can you please sort it out? They'll sort it out. Amen. God will help you. Stay with him and don't sin. Don't do what other people do. It'll mess you all up. It'll shorten your life. Don't do it. You can have a super good life. The devil will give you a blessing up front. Then you don't live to spend it. But God will bless you. He'll keep blessing you. And you live a long time and get to enjoy it. Amen. Love you, ladies. sat here tonight and listen. I look like a video game character that you would create and hit randomize. <laughs> I look like an avatar that you would design on Grand Theft Auto. Like at two in the morning. I put a purple jacket and a cowboy hat. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We've had almost 150 people come forward to receive Jesus Christ. Let me pray for this lady right here. Hand of God's on. Mind if I pray for you? Come right on. Lift both hands. God's hands on you. I don't know who prayed for you when you were a little girl. God's going to answer all their prayers right now tonight. In Jesus' name. You had somebody in your family that was older. Use her, Lord. Bless her, Lord. Prayed like that for you when you were a little girl. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want you to do that tonight. Don't run from God. Don't run from your help. Why run towards your source of problem instead of towards your source of miracles and help? From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And it just starts with a commitment to turn your back on sin and give your heart to Jesus Christ.
Have you ever done that? Then secondly, if you have done that before, have you stayed living a pure and holy life? You don't know that song, do you, Sister Cleve? That your husband's playing? Do you know it? Play that one time, Brother Tony. Sing it if you know it. No problem if you don't, Sister Maria. Every hand lifted. Don't give the altar call. The anointing will get even stronger. Ooh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to tonight. I don't know if I've ever sang that song on one of my services in 21 years. But that line hit me. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Yeah, there are tests and trials in life, but a lot of the pain people experience is needless pain. If I go drunk driving tonight and wrap my car around a pole and break my hip and have a $10,000 charge and one year suspended sentence, that wasn't in God's will for my life. That was a needless pain that I had to suffer from being out of the will of God. Getting in the will of God saves you trouble. Do you know how many billboards I drive by in Miami, some in Texas? Do you need HIV medication? No. Do you need a drunk driving attorney? No. You'd be amazed how much trouble righteous living will will save you. Then when you do get into trouble, the Lord... Paul got thrown into prison and God broke him out. Angel broke Peter out. So even when you do get in trouble for serving the Lord, God's on the hook for it because you got 
in the trouble in his will. Amen. Yeah, Paul didn't have to go to prison and call 1-800-THE-HAMMER. We'll get justice for you. No, just prayed and sang praises to God. So I'm asking you a second time. Are you living in God's will? Are you living redeemed? Have you bought into the lies of American preachers? You can't say, I mean, you know, you can't sin your way out of God's grace. You didn't do anything to earn, to earn your salvation. You can't do anything to make it go away. Oh, okay. Enjoy yourself. I'll take things people say on the way to hell, Alex, for 200. If you can't sin your way out of God's grace, then what's hell for? Who's there? Is it empty? Is there no hell? No, hell's full of people. Because Paul said you can frustrate the grace of God. And I'm, I'm telling you that because I don't want anybody leaving this meeting with this sweet spirit of Jesus here. And go out those doors and go to hell. There's no sin worth going to hell over. There's no beverage worth going to hell over. There's no girlfriend or mistress or boyfriend worth going to hell over. And if you're living with somebody who's sleeping together and you're not married, then, you know, you need to quit that and make a plan to get married or part company or whatever. Got to make a plan to live righteously. Amen. And if that guy won't agree to it, then you automatically know he's not worth your time. Same with a woman. I don't want that. Yeah, of course you don't. Live righteously. Jesus is coming soon. If you're here, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Jonathan, I've never made a public, think about it. Can you identify a time in your mind right now where you made a public commitment to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? If you say, no, I, I can't. I can't think of a time where I've ever made things right with God. Then do that tonight. Lay your head to your pillow tonight, maybe for the first time, knowing you have peace with God and your sins are all forgiven. Number two, if you say, yes, I have done that before, but I need to do it again. I've fallen back into sin. I've allowed things to start getting introduced into my lifestyle that the Bible calls sin or that leads to things the Bible calls sin. But tonight I make a decision. I'm getting rid of sin. I'm not letting sin get rid of me. Because sin destroys everything it touches. Inflation has not changed sin's wages. There's still death 100% of the time. If you say, Jonathan, I need to do that, and I'm doing it tonight. I want you to put your hand up high and wave it at me right now. We're going to pray. I see your hands. I see your hands. That's all, oh, man. That's awesome. Awesome. All over. That's so great. Jesus loves you so much. So much. You don't have to talk him into saving you. He already died for you. All you guys got to do is grab the rope and climb in. Everyone that lifted a hand and met business with God, I want you to quickly come from your seats and line straight across the front. We're going to pray right now. Come right now. Right now. This is your night. Amen. 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 Anybody?
else before him also? Who else before we pray? What a great night. Awesome. Tremendous. You know, the Bible says there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that comes home than 99 that remain righteous. So if there's rejoicing in heaven and you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that's why any preacher will tell you, people come to the altar, you can feel the party on the inside of you. Mas, oh. Awesome. Awesome. So awesome. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Hallelujah. Anybody else before we pray? Lift both hands to the Lord. Say this prayer out loud from your heart. There's a real God that hears it. And he's going to answer your prayers. Say this nice and loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. I turn my back on sin. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your hands lifted. Let me bless you. I don't bless people when they sneeze. My blessings are real. They come from God. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless everything that pertains to your life in the name of Jesus. I command everything that makes life hard to leave your life right now. In Jesus' name. I'm looking the single people out. This lady in the green zip up with the red hair like my dad. Right here. Lift both hands up even higher. Close both eyes. The, don't say this lightly. The devil's literally tried to kill you. But God preserved your life to get you here tonight and to rescue you. So right now, that, uh, that spirit that was assigned to take you out loses its access. And then the Lord looses his angels to protect you wherever you go. In Jesus' name. That's a fact. Then on down this line. Be blessed. Be blessed. Any rare blood disease in the sound of my voice, if you were born with a rare blood disease, your blood goes to perfectly normal in Jesus' name. It's mighty name. In Jesus' name.
That's a blood transfusion from heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Life's not allowed to be difficult anymore. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's it, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No more hardship. one more blessing Bible says you'll hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk ye therein you'll always know what step to take and then God will give you the power to take the right step when you feel to leave a living room leave where are you going we just got gun here just getting the chips I'm, I'm going somewhere else why I don't know just feel to do what you gotta do cares what other people think who cares what other people think the people writing stuff to me on on social media for the last five years i don't think you yeah i don't care who are you you have 26 followers and you have a dog for a profile picture get lost you don't matter could be ai for all i know would it affect my decision? No. Do the right thing. Whether anybody's for it or whether anybody's against it. Don't make any difference. And God's going to give you the strength to do that in Jesus' name. Welcome to the family of God. Your sins are all forgiven. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, before you go back to your seats, you know, Pastor Ryan has been, and I won't say Pastor Ryan, it was his idea. He's not forcing me to do it against my will. But, you know, these meetings are fantastic. How many of you, you put your hands down real quick at the altar. How many of you were not here any days last week? Let me see your hands. Keep going. So you say, why did they extend the second week? That's why. Because what happens is, as the meeting starts rolling, what's, what's attendance tonight, Noah? 372. So it's the highest crowd tonight of week two. Uh, no, it's not. Wednesday night was. And then we've had almost no drive-in crowd from out of state like week one because people that saw my website took a week off and came down. Some stayed. Susie, but that's about it. So crowds actually up local-wise. And then you're starting to have this vein of people that are coming in to get saved this week. So then week three, everything God does builds on what he has done. So this week three is going to be a blowout week. If I were you, I'd spend all day Saturday with a big smile on my face because you're going to have the best seven days that you've ever had in your life. We're going to watch the devil continue to get his kingdom wrecked locally, statewide, and nationally. In Jesus' name. If you don't have a home church, make this your home church. At 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. you got to be here. you got to start. No, I have to work. Tell your boss you have to be in church. Tell your boss you're a full-time Christian and a part-time employee. And then uh, if you do have a church, send them an email and let them know that you're going to now be going to this church 
And thank you for all that you've done. You guys have, thanks for the memories. We love you. You can put like a smiley face emoji with like a birthday hat emoji and it'll be fine. But this is the place to plug in. So uh, do that. And then please don't let this be my last crack at you. Sunday night through Friday night. I'd like not only you to come, I'd like to meet your family. I told that story in week one that my dad who, who preached uh, whatever night, Tuesday night, he had, um, he had that revival in Otisville, Michigan. And they had one lady was the only person from her family that went to church. By the end of the revival, 48 members of her family came to church. So you think if you start inviting, imagine it just go like a ripple through your whole family. Your alcoholic uncle gets saved. His second wife gets saved. Like God just blow the whole thing up. Can you say amen? That, that happens in extended meetings. I believe that's going to happen. How many of you believe that with me? I love you. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Give your new brothers and sisters a big hand clap. As you return to your seat. You return to your seat. God bless you. God bless you. Give Jesus a great big hand clap. Somebody shout hallelujah. Lift both hands all over this place. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. Be seated briefly. We're going to give you a chance to sow seed. And I want whatever the Lord laid on your heart tonight to sow online, live. I want you to mark it wherever they give you a place to mark it. Double. This is my seed for double. That's what the Holy Ghost is on tonight. I want to show you what happens when you sow in line with a prophetic word. Since I've had my Uncle Ted do the heavy lifting all night tonight. This is the word that went out at the beginning of the year. I decided to get in the flow. And I've been in the flow ever since. When he said million dollar offerings, I said, oh, praise the Lord. I pray I receive a million dollar offering. No. I said, I want to give a million dollar offering. I'd always wanted to anyway. And then the million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. And that's what we're, we're coming into now. I can feel it. Billion dollar flow. Listen to this prophetic word from uh, January. Read to, pe- read to people. Praise God. Amen. I was just thinking of the verse of Scripture where the Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord came in the midst of the congregation upon Jehaziel and said, The battle is not your battle, but the battle is the Lord's. And I was looking at a modern translation, and it said, You're going to make it. Hallelujah. So if God's fighting a battle, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. The doctor tells you you're going to die. You're going to make it. If you wonder where the next dollar is coming from, you're going to make it. 
and it'll turn into a million. Hallelujah. If you wonder what you're going to do next, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're going to make it when nobody else is making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. He's never lost one fight. Glory. I'm going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to make it. Every day you wake up, you're going to make it. No matter what the world's happened tonight, we're going to make it. I dare you to say, I'm going to make it. Shout, I am making it. Right now. The battle. Not my battle. Basil, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. I'm making it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I am making it right now. The singers are out ahead of us. I hear them singing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Just today, the mayor of Atlanta sent me the contract for Turner Field. Hallelujah. I'm the only preacher they're letting in this year, they said. But I think I'm going to spearhead it. You go in there. Amen. Because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. We're going to make it. Hallelujah. The mayor didn't know it, but he's going to make it. Hallelujah. What he made happen for me, God's going to make happen for him. Hallelujah. Last time I was there, the mayor was Hakeem somebody, and he took me for every nickel he could get. And there was a lady that helped me. Her name was Keisha Bottoms. And I got so happy, I said, Keisha, you're the mayor now. I'm making you the mayor. And a few months after I left there, they called and said she became the mayor in January. Amen. And she was the mayor the last four years. But now the guy that's there now, he's a spirit-filled brother. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. I dare you to lift your hand and just say, Lord, I'm winning. I'm winning my battle right now. I'm making it right now. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going under. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let anything keep me down. I'm going to make it because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Everything's turning around for my good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're making it right now. Oh, glory to God. Then look at your neighbor and tell him, you're going to make it. 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 Hey, glory to God. You are making it now. 
Battle's not your battle. The battle's not your battle. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord said million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. Hallelujah. Oh, Rosh. said that, I said under my breath in the front row, I was at $1.9 million in our ministry account. I said, Father, if you get me to three, I'll give him one. And 1.1 extra came in in six or seven weeks right after I said it. And I gave the one, and uh, which knocked us back down to 1.9. And then we're at about 3.6 now, up higher than when we gave the million. And we're up higher than it within about three weeks when we, we did it. So you can listen to prophecy. You can scoff at prophecy. You can clap for prophecy, or you can get in the flow with it. Okay, Spirit of the Lord says million-dollar offerings. Rather, well, I wonder if that'll actually happen or not. Gee, I wonder where who will give it to Pastor Randy. How about I want to do it. I want to be part of Bible of Holy Ghost prophecy. Continue. For the years over, million-dollar offerings, billion-dollar flow. Glory to God. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're making it right now. You're not even faking it. You're making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. Hallelujah. The battle is. Keep it in the church. They had to move it all to convention centers. Everybody say fresh wind. I know you guys won't be here for the part of next week, but that song that they sing at the river all the time, I see a fresh wind. I see a fresh wind. I see a fresh wind of revival blowing across this land. It's on uh, Pastor Rodney's YouTube if you don't know it. I'd like to, I'd like to start singing that in our road meetings because I, I see it. I feel a fresh wind. I don't feel coming here like it's years, my third time coming to this church, and the people like me, and brother, I feel a fresh wind. Amen. I feel a fresh wind. Praise God. Continue, sorry. Is the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, Lord God. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you in the midst of the congregation. He'll spin you like a top. You'll run like a, a deer. Glory to God. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. There'll be a new wind and a second breath. Glory to God. Be a fresh wind from glory. Hallelujah. Take you around the world and up and down and all around. Oh, the battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Did I tell you you're going to make it? Hallelujah. <laughs> no more struggling, glory to Amen. God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I tell every one of you, you're going to make it. Look up to your elder brother Jesus right now. Say, Lord, thanks for helping me make it. Whatsoever's born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. Our faith, our faith, our faith, our faith. me because my uncle you know if you're a faith preaching evangelist you find other faith preaching evangelists because you're a rare breed you get criticized by everybody in church and out of church so my uncle 
met Pastor Rodney when they were both in their early 30s and the joy hadn't even hit yet. I think my uncle met Pastor Rodney the meeting before he had his joy, where the joy broke out in Rochester, New York. They met in Rhode Island. And my uncle Ted at that point didn't have a, not when I say didn't have a house, he didn't have an apartment. If he didn't have meetings, he went back to stay with his mom and dad with his wife and, and Teddy. He had nothing. And Pastor Rodney, I want to say he had nothing, but close to nothing. Just come over from South Africa with 300 bucks. And so I was there for that. Now you see him all with the balconies paid. Then my uncle Ted, you know, putting his tent up in Atlanta and plenty of money and big old Rolex Daytona on his wrist that somebody gave him. You know, it's just, I saw him when they, I saw him in the beginning. I see him now. I saw, it's not difficult. Just stay in the flow. Don't commit adultery. Don't take pictures of your no-nos and send them to other people. Simple steps to not get out of the flow. Everybody say, don't sin. No, it needs to be said. People lose their ministries. You know, here's the thought. When you're coming out of the shower, put the camera away. Wait till you get to Olin Mills and have someone else take the picture. Amen. Praise God. It's a word for somebody. Somebody online. Somebody online right now putting away their phone. How do you know? You only go up with God. These preachers tell people you only go up with God. Paul was in prison. Yeah, and then what happened, dummy? Not you. What happened when Paul got thrown in prison? Did he stay there for 13 years? Was he broken out that night? Was the jailer converted? Do Bible scholars tell us the jailer became the pastor of the church in Philippi? Yes. So don't tell me. You know, it's like people don't read all of Job. People don't read all the book of Acts. Paul went to prison. Yes, keep reading. Amen. So, and there's a flow. There's a flow in the offering last night. I think that guy came and put two cases. I don't know whether they were musical instruments or weapons. One of the meetings that we did, we had a couple people give weapons as an offering. And, you know, they, a lot of times when a man sows a, a, a gun, it's a precious seed. And they'll come up and tell you. This was my dad's uh, revolver, and it, it was made. There's only how, this many of these, and I felt to sow it. It's the Lord having somebody give. You know, For some people, their revolver is their Isaac. It would be easier for them to put a knife through their son's heart than to give that gun away. <laughs> so a couple guys did that, and a couple more guys in the church saw it at this one place we were at. So then more people brought weapons. And that was when I first started chartering aircraft. I don't think the pilots believed that we were preachers. Because, like, they flew us to this other state, and then we come to load the bags on this one gun case after another. It's like, yeah, how'd the sermons go, Reverend? How'd, how'd the week go, Reverend? But they don't ask questions, you know? I got a friend in Pittsburgh. He, he runs a jewelry store. He's from Ukraine. 
I don't think he believed I was a preacher for a long time because we started having people give us Rolexes and stuff on the road. So, I, you know, I can only wear one. So I'd take them and, and cash them in. If they were given to me personally, I'd cash them in. If they were given to the ministry, we'd cash it in. So, you know, you come with three Rolexes. Where'd you get these from? Oh, they were given to me. And he'd be like this. Yeah, they were given to me. The guy gave it as soon as I put the 45 to his head. That's what, that's what he was thinking. They kept bringing them. He said, seriously, how are you getting these? I said, they're given to me. And tell him, I gave him a Bible. You ever seen how unsaved people that have respect for God treat the Bible? I handed him a Bible. He literally, when I handed it to him, you'd have thought I handed him live uranium. He went like this. When I came back to visit him, it was in the exact same place. Like God was going to jump out and strangle him. Praise God. He's a good guy. Been inviting him to church. Is that my Bible? Why did you take my Bible? Oh, I left it there. You know, it's funny. I was, I was just wondering what it was. Hey, congratulations on everything in life. In advance. Lift your other hand. I know you've done well for your age already, but you're going to do even better. The best is yet to come. God's pleased with you. It'll be the best six months you've ever had. In Jesus' name. All right. If you need an offering envelope, lift up your hand. If you're watching online, revivaltoday.com, click Give Now at 5 to midnight on the East Coast. Make sure you write double. Don't write it for fun. Let the Lord know I'm sowing this and believing for double. Double. And the Lord restored to Job twice as much as what he had before. God's not going to get you back to where you left. He's going to give you double. Let me pray for my uh, friend who took me out for pizza when I came here one of the first times. Let me pray for you real quick. Stand up and slip into the aisle. If this isn't so, then just look. Don't worry about it. But if you lift both hands, if you lost a, a donor that was a consistent donor, then all of a sudden they dropped off. The Lord's going to replace them with two. Amen. In Jesus' name, He's going to bring that. That ministry is going to have its best years. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody shout double. I had one meeting to preach at, and the guy called and canceled. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was 23. And when I, when I said, Lord, I can't believe that happened. He said, go get two more. Double. Whatever the devil took, get two. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody that miscarried in this room, if Jesus tarries and they have me back, you, you got twins. God will give you double. Can you say amen? He's the God of the double. Praise God. All right. Revivaltoday.com. Click give now. Thank you for your generous giving in Texas. Thank you for your generous giving online. Double. Sunday morning, 1030, here at Church in the City. If you're in Pittsburgh, I'll be at Revival Today Church Sunday morning. Spending about 55 grand to come see you. So if you could just make
make it out from your house to the church, I'd appreciate it. But I, I'm not holding it over your head, but I'm, you know, it'd be very easy for us to also be preaching Sunday morning. We're going to stay here in Texas. I love you a lot. Let me make sure I get a chance to preach at you. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Since these Texans don't wait for prayer, I'll just bless them as they come. Thank you for a hundredfold return on every seed that's sown. Let everybody in this building double from where they are now by December 31st. Double. Double! In Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.